you fucking bush leaguers and welcome back to sunday league the podcast this is episode 134 and on this episode we have a very special guest owner of jrg training junior guillen welcome thank you sir thank you for having me on it's an honor appreciate now, it welcome brother i think we've uh we've had this one kind of a long time coming as well I think so, yeah. It's just kind of a, it was funny how the timing worked out, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Welcome. Appreciate you, uh, you know, lending us your time and, yeah. you know, everybody's going to lend us their ears. Sweet. Yeah, man. So, um, let's go, let's go around the horn real quick, uh, cool. with some fielder's choice. Like, what are we drinking? Um, well, I already forgot the name, you but it's read? Bomb Bourbon. Bomb so. Bourbon. It's, um, it's a Cooperstown Distillery, uh, A Double Day Bourbon. And it's baseball shaped, and so. yeah, it, it's in a baseball. Uh, the what is it? The, the bottle? Yeah, it's not bottle. a decanter, right? No, it's, that's, bottle, yeah. it's a bottle. Uh, it's like the stock bottle. It's pretty dope, mm-hmm. man. It was a gift. It was a gift from DH a long time ago for my birthday. Yeah, and and what we noticed right away was that it was a uh, sweeter. Yeah, we've already tasted it. It's yeah. uh, it's sweet. It has a hints of, of smokiness. I don't know. I'm I'm being stupid. That, that's <laughs> honestly just how I am with bourbon. I was just like, you know what? It's smoky, and it reminds me of like barbecue because barbecue smoky so it's kind of like whatever this will be my drink yeah so. definitely so it's good stuff man and i'm not a huge bourbon drinker myself mm-hmm. uh but uh you are right well but, i mean when i do, when I, do. It's, it's not often that i drink it's like once in a blue moon honestly mm. um but yeah it's my go-to is probably bourbon bourbon do you have a specific a specific bourbon that you like honestly, like a preference if someone just hands me bourbon i'm probably gonna drink it okay is that yeah. the only thing you'll drink or you'll drink anything else? no i'll drink other, other stuff yeah so like um i don't mind vodka but it's like I try and stay away from alcohol. It's just like I said, gotcha. it's, I'm strict with the bourbon because yeah. that's what I like. But uh, beer every now and then, like Blue Moon and Modelo. So okay, nothing too fancy, really. Uh, I'm gonna show you something later, Modelo related, but don't let me forget. I'll try not something. to. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, man, the, you you mentioned that you don't really go to, into alcohol and all that, mm-hmm. which I understand why. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna get into all that. We're gonna play yeah. a lot of get to know you. Yeah. Uh, first, first off, you know. Um, we're talking about your baseball uh, career and all mm-hmm. that stuff and, uh, what you're doing with your, with not with your life, but what you're doing in mm-hmm. life right now with, uh, um, something that you're trying to build. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Like um, I said, I'm trying to just be as honest and raw as I can. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, uh, right now you're, you're knee deep, venturing deep into the business world. Um, it seems like you like golf, you're a family guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've taken beatings from the butcher. Do you know who the butcher is? No, no, no. It's your best bud, man. It's your brother. Oh, see, th- that's the first time Shaman. I've ever known that someone's Shaman. called him the butcher. He's the butcher. On this show, he's the butcher because he just carves everybody up. See, I'm just used to calling him Dickface. So. Dickface? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, you know, apparently, like, uh, his grandpa and you like to clown on him a lot and like, just kind of pick at him. Oh, yeah. it's And it's only getting worse as we, we all get older. So it's kind of like, you know... When it's when it's the three of us in a room or at an event or wherever, it's yeah. just automatic. We'll just gang up on Che. Yeah. And it's just kind of one of those things where that's how we've built a relationship because, you know, his family has been so welcoming to me. And we've got, I mean, I was 10 and he was 12 when we first played together at a Upland National Little League. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, he, I mean, we really haven't been out of each other's lives for too long. I know when he went to Georgetown, I didn't see him for 
I think a little over a year, year and a half, mm-hmm. but, um, things work back around timing wise. And, you know, like I said, he's, he's, you know, he's the older brother that I never had. And right. it's just kind of like, that's just how I refer to him now is everybody's like, yo, this is my brother Shay. And yeah, you know, but yeah, we'll get more into it. But yeah, he's yeah, about, it's, he's about like four years older than you roughly. Uh, I think like two or three. Yeah. Two or three. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you guys have gotten kicked out of tournaments. From what, oh. I've been, from what I've been told, yeah, damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You guys uh, like to go fishing, getting mm-hmm. drunk, getting drunk with grandpas, you know, at a legal age, right? Right, legal drinking age, right. <laughs> of course. Um, and you were the best man in his wedding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I actually had a really good uh, best man speech. I was, and it was funny because it was kind of like, it's one of those things where you put off for a long time because you're like, I'll get around to it, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> his wedding's in like a year, and then all of a sudden it's, uh, I think it's like the first week of September, and I'm like shit he's getting married in a month mm-hmm. and i was like all right, i really got to step up with this speech and you know honestly like we're coming up with it last minute like there was a lot of laughs there was a lot of wholesome moments and everything was real and authentic because you know when when you see both of us and how we we kind of go about our lives it's kind of like we automatically have different temperaments and how we we carry ourselves but he's like i said he's always been there for me and my family and vice versa like mm-hmm. you know it's just like I said, like having an older brother, like, yeah, there's been times we've argued. There's been times where, you know, it's been a little bit of tension in between. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we're, we're each other's brothers till the day we die. So yeah. I'll always appreciate him and his family for what they've done for me and my family. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, do you do you, uh, did you give like a like a funny speech at the. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. there was some pretty good. Uh, see, I. I think I saved like a printout somewhere like in my room. Ah. Um, so you don't remember it off the top so of your head. So <laughs> not off the top of my head, but I do remember one segment where I got him was, uh, so when, when the first year we had played together, um, it was his last year and like he had his quote unquote like girlfriend, which means like you date for like what a week. So <laughs> at the time, like, you know, she had come to the game mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, like this is going to give him the energy to like, you know, play really well. Right. <laughs> and as fate would have it, he struck out three times. Oh, of course. And <laughs> I kid you not, like, I think he traded out the girl automatically because he no. was, I never saw her again and I've never seen him strike out three times ever again. Like oh, no he might, it might've happened obviously, like maybe mm-hmm. at Georgetown or whatever, where he was playing somewhere else. But yeah. I, that was the only time in my life where I've seen him strike out three times because he just puts the, the ball in play all the time. Yeah. But that's where that's where I had gotten a laugh or two, and I just can't remember everything off the top of my head. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it, it was good and it was wholesome, and it was actually a, a really lovely wedding. So. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like the girl though was not a slump buster. <laughs> no, not not at all. Nope. Um, so for you, you know, but, but by the way, shout out to to Shay and his wife yeah. Janine. Uh, they're great, great people. They're mm-hmm. great supporters of the show. You know, and they're always, every time we go to the games, they always uh-huh. come over and say what's up. And so mm-hmm. you know, shout out to them. Really appreciate them. Yeah, they'll, they'll host some bomb dinners too. Like okay. they know I'm a foodie, even though like I've taken health and like fitness a little more seriously. Like mm-hmm. he hits me up and he's like, "Yo, I got the smoker going." I'm like, "I'm there." Nice. Do you? Uh, we'll get into the fitness a little bit, but do you have uh-huh. like a like a go to meal? Something that you just like? Oh, I got. I have to have that. It could. Uh, I mean, I'll ask you both: uh-huh. a clean meal and uh-huh. like your cheat. Oh, okay, I was gonna say because it's kind of like I have a go to home cooked, and mm-hmm. then I have a go to like restaurant or like a fast food place or mm-hmm. whatever. But um. God for home cooked, I would have to say like. Now be careful because a lot of people are gonna judge you based on what you want to eat. I mean, they you could, know what I'm they, saying? They could judge all they want. <laughs> it's like when you come from like an Italian and like Mexican family, it's just right. basically just you're gonna load up on stuff, right? right. So, 
Um, God, I would really honestly say like chicken Alfredo, mm-hmm. the, that pasta. Yeah. And then um, I really love anything chicken or anything like steak. Um, and then I really enjoyed like the way that my mom uh, had made meatloaf. Like, you know, I know everybody kind of like hates Dude, on meatloaf is fucking bomb. Dude. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was always kind of like, it was one of those weird things where it was like, yo, why are you hating on it so bad? It's just like mm-hmm. a big slab of meat. And like, that's what I, it's just ground know, beef, yeah. like mixed up with some, with with some whatever nice flavor seasoning, yeah. whatever. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. My mom makes a really good one. But, um, so that's that. And then for, for restaurants, it's kind of like, I've traveled around a bit because of baseball, because of like, you know, vacations and everything. So the one go-to restaurant that I would say I love um, is Roscoe's Deli in Chino Hills. Okay. And it's because they have huge portions and it's really not that expensive for what you get. You'd think you'd pay more given the size of the beer, like the jugs and everything. Right. And then um, the portions. And then there's a couple others in Arizona. Um, and I think I had, there were a couple good restaurants out in Virginia, but yeah, if, if it's a go-to restaurant here, it'd have to be Roscoe's Deli because mm-hmm. they're always bomb. It's always always really good yeah so i'm gonna have to check that i, I wrote it down right here in my oh yeah dude, you'll love it on my paper on my scratch notes here mm-hmm. um where are you originally from so i was born uh, in pomona valley hospital okay but um born and raised in ontario up until like 11 or 12 years old that's when we had moved to upland but i was living in ontario and was still going to upland schools gotcha excuse me yeah so Gone to um, Pioneer Junior High and then had graduated from Upland 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could have sworn I seen like you were in Colorado recently though, right? Or no, that was actually a trip that Shay invited me uh, gotcha. to. So I was like super psyched because <clears throat> that'd be my first time in Colorado. Um, and I had just finished a Vegas, kind of like a business trip out in Vegas. And uh, so I was like, okay, cool. Like, Vegas and Colorado in a span of like two months. Like that's pretty dope. Yeah. But then last minute he's like, yo, like something happened with the travel and I wouldn't have been able to go. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just put it off for next year or some other time. Um, but we are trying to, so we're trying to go to Florida and Houston, Texas this year. Um, yeah. Is a baseball trip like vacations, vacations, yeah, okay. vacations. So we were trying to go for my older sister is a Tampa Bay Rays fan. So, wow yeah so how <laughs> okay so like most girls how they would say like oh who's who's your favorite team it's basically the hot dudes from like the t- so she she loves uh kevin kiermeyer okay. um shane mcclanahan kiermeyer's no longer with the race. well he's no longer there that's yeah. why she came into my room like super upset one day and i was oh, I like see, you know it, what yeah. like same i get you um but yeah that's why so she was like she loved the the guys out there and she likes florida um she had wanted to go so but we had to push it back because it would have been way too crazy given the time we wanted to go right at the beginning of the season when everyone's going there for spring break right so you're like you know what let's put it off let's maybe do something more local if she wants to go to vegas or laughlin or whatever yeah um but for a friend's birthday we might actually go to houston in august so i'm excited because i've never been to texas but i have family in midland but i've never actually gone gotcha Mm -hmm. you're gonna are you gonna visit the stadium Probably Minimade, yeah, wherever the Astros are, Minimade. Yeah, probably. But I mean, I'm there for like the barbecue and drinks. It's right. Texas. So, Everything's bigger, right? So yeah. I mean, like, and, every, and honestly, like barbecue pit. If there's, if we just have nothing but barbecue for three, four days straight, I'm right. not going to be the guy to trip. Of course, so I'm like, yeah. I'm, we're chilling. You'll way. burn that shit off when you come back. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's vacation for a reason, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, trolling your Instagram, just trying to <laughs> just see what's up with you. Um, you're into fitness. You like music. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Uh, what's your go-to exercise? Just one movement. If you could do one exercise for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Tricep dips. Tricep yeah. dips. Well, anything like a dip, any, like a dip station. Like yeah, anything yeah. triceps. Okay. Yeah, I lo- love that for sure. Yeah. Um, go-to music. Like, what are you? What are you listening to? Um, so mostly what I play is like reggae and country, but okay. pretty much like. If you go, you're always vibing then. Always vibing, yeah. uh, especially when I'm driving around. Because I do a lot of driving. I'll leave the area to coach certain kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't mind longer drives because I got the playlist for it. But, you know, if it sounds good, whether I hear it on the radio or re- refer an artist to um, a friend, um, it's on it's on my phone. Because, dude, I would go from reggae, country, hip hop, old school rock, and then a little bit of jazz. Mm, nice so it's a good mix yeah it's a good mix i like it um there's two other things that are on instagram that i'm like (laughs) okay um i'm not sure which one to go with so i'll I'll go with uh uh, we were talking earlier but you had mentioned bass pro shop like what's the deal with bass pro shops you you, you drop just a fuckload of money there all the time (laughs) no because i don't necessarily have like the like it's not that I go there and spend like hundred, hundred fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those things where they always get me with like clothing or hats. So okay. I'll go and I'll spend like maybe 20, 30 bucks on one thing. Gotcha. But it's kind of like, it's getting to the point where it's like one thing almost every week. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's not terrible to be right. honest. I could blow like two, $300 yeah. on it. But, um, like I told you, when we moved into the area, it was kind of like, I didn't realize how close it was Yeah. when we were down in Montclair and Chino, I was like, I'm not in the area, so why am I going to go up to Bass Pro and right. shop around, right? But since we're literally five minutes away from the store, yeah. like I told you, if it's a slower coaching day, I'm like, yeah, is Shit. it is it walking distance? Like if you need to get get your steps in. Oh yeah, so if I walk to Bass <laughs> Pro, it's probably like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, okay, that's if not that, bad. No, that's not bad at all. I mean, nope. especially if you're like, even if you wanted to jog there, you mm-hmm. get there in like like ten minutes, right? If that, yeah, if that. Um, because I'm thinking about it, like, well, if I went to Bass Pro Shop often, like, what the fuck would I buy there? Yeah, you know? I know yeah. they got they got guns and shit and like, yeah, like hunting hunting equipment. I mean, eventually, like, like boating stuff, right? Yeah, all that and, kind of stuff. Yeah, and eventually, like, that's where I'd want to get to is like, okay, if I save enough money or if I start making enough from the business, like, I want to go and scope around like the more expensive stuff. Mm. But for right now, I'm pretty much on the bottom floor, going between like some long sleeves, shirts, sweaters, and then going obviously to. Um, where the side where the restaurant is at, mm-hmm. it's like where they have the nice shirts. But like I said, for 20, 25 bucks. Right. And um, another thing that I, I forgot they had was like home decor. So home I was, decor? Yeah. So, okay. you know, I sent you a picture of how we had the uh, yeah the yeah. interview place set up. Mm-hmm. So It's a teaser. <laughs> yeah, right? It's a teaser. So <laughs> those three frames I had bought from Bass Pro. So technically there's four. You're just not seeing the fourth one. It's All tucked right. away in a corner. Mm-hmm. But I had bought three out of those four in a span of, I would say, like two, three weeks. Right. Um, because, I just you know, anything kind of like the Bass Pro culture or like, you know, the Northwest where you're camping, hunting, fishing, all that stuff. Like, I wish I did it more and I'll probably get around to doing it more. But I just kind of always liked that lifestyle of that culture. So. Yeah. What, what, um, what's the one thing that every man should go to Bass Pro Shop and buy? The one thing. This is not in my notes. <laughs> okay if you have the money for uh yeah okay if, if money's not an issue I probably guess. those side-by-sides of those can-ams because the hell is that <laughs> the, it's like the off-road um those off-road vehicles like when you take to glamis oh okay yeah yeah with the, the doom gnarly buggies. suspension doom buggy and all that shit yeah, but it's yeah. all like souped out and shit yeah like because i i'd love to to drive one of those yeah so. okay my, my neighbor across the street has one sick yeah. one dude it bumps dude it's, oh, dude, it's pretty they're, dope. they're pretty dope yeah they're, they're pretty sick i'm like huh 
Um, maybe one day. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I would say either that or like if you really want to get into it, um, like if you're into shooting, whether it's archery or with or with guns, like I would say that's a pretty cool skill to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. I was trying to do it last year, um, but other priorities came up. But this year, I want to actually try and save up to buy uh, a compound bow and actually mm-hmm. learn how to shoot that way. And then, okay. a, and then a gun too. But it's kind of like, you know, from from learning a few skills that I've learned this past year or two, like I just want to keep the ball rolling with that. I want to learn some stuff that mm-hmm. I've always wanted to and take the time and actually do it. No, yeah, I definitely understand, man. And uh, what I don't understand, though, is uh, from your Instagram, breakfast burritos. What the hell is up with like? What's your thing with bre- why breakfast burritos? Why is that in your in your bio? Oh, like when you see my bio and everything. Yeah, I think it's just because it's like that's the one food that hits directly to the soul. Okay. So it's kind of like I know I didn't mention it when we were talking about mm-hmm. oh what's a clean meal or like a yeah. restaurant or whatever, but it's kind of one of those things where as soon as you mention breakfast burrito, my ears and my focus like they heighten. Like my ears perk up, I start getting more focused, and I'm like, okay, where are you guys going? Right. You know, it's kind of one of those things. Like I had a. When I was with my cousin out in L.A., this was back when we were like 15, 16 years old. We were staying at our uncle's place. And we had gone to a really bomb uh, breakfast burrito spot down the street. And uh, I think it was, yeah, it was the L.A. area. And um, so I had finished mine. This burrito was massive, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. they put in the works. Like, the ham, the sausage, bacon, everything. So they loaded it up. So it felt heavy. And I finished mine. And two hours later... I go, I'm like, yo, like, are you going to finish the other half of your burrito? <laughs> yeah. And he looks at me and he's, and he's like, my cousin's like that. He's like, bro, if you're hungry, like, just finish it off. And right. I was like, cool. So I ran downstairs, bro, and I finished his half. Yeah. And that's just kind of like breakfast burritos, the one thing that I'll just smack regardless of, okay, I had a great week in the gym, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like I'm going to splurge myself and have a couple breakfast burritos, like yeah. big ones too. Damn. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's one at uh, Farmer Boys, mm-hmm. Hog Heaven. I don't know if you've tried that one. I think I've had that one. I think I stopped going to Farmer Boys because, like, for me, it was kind of like Carl's Jr. where the price just got, like, ramped up. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. They have a rewards points program, though. Like, you can you get every so often you get yourself a free one. Yeah. You, you know, know what I should start doing uh, with the rewards is um, Jack in the Box because I'm there always for, like, uh, mm-hmm. their iced coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. They have good coffee? It's actually not bad. And mm-hmm. I'd rather give Jack in the Box my money for a $4 coffee than Starbucks that's like 6 $7. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. And it's yeah. literally right up the street, um, right next to Logan's Steakhouse, that place I told you about. Mm, okay, I know yeah. which one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's your go-to coffee since we're talking about coffee. Yeah. Everybody because, loves caffeine. A lot of people, yeah. I'm sure, listening, they're like, yeah, coffee, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people, like it's like Jack in the Box, really, but it's like yeah. one of those things where it's like it's – if I go to Starbucks, like my habit is like, okay, I'm going to get something sugary because I want mm-hmm. it to taste good. Right? right. But at the same time, I also don't want to spend six, seven bucks, you yeah. know? So it's like, I'd rather just uh, give, I guess, $4. I'm not sure that it's gotten that expensive. To like, like, well, so I usually get just like a cold brew. I guess it, it depends yeah. on what you get. It depends yeah. on what you get. My yeah. wife usually just gets whatever they have brewed. So it's not, it comes out oh, to like, yeah. like seven, eight bucks for both. Oh, okay. And then I, I get, like, I get the big, the big boy, the Trenta. Oh, okay. Damn it. Yeah. I just fucking. I did, I did it, dude. I said the, the oh. Trenta and the Venti and all that shit. Get the extra large, you know? It is what it is, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so breakfast burritos, huh? That That's your... You have to have everything in it. Yeah, because I don't think it's a breakfast burrito if you just have, like, one meat and, like, mm. the cheese. I think it's yeah. just, like, a real breakfast burrito is, like, the worst. With, with hash browns in it? Yeah. 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 yeah you, you ain't fucking around. <laughs> no, no, no. If you don't feel like... You know how when you eat... When you get to the point of when you're full, you start feeling ill or like mm-hmm. almost you don't really you don't feel good. Yeah, I think that's how a breakfast burrito has to be. 
because it's worth it. To, it's worth it to me. <laughs> I love I'm, that. Yeah, I love that. So let's start transitioning into uh, into baseball, man. Yeah. Um, when did you first come across you know suddenly the podcast? Like I know people hit us up all the time, mm-hmm. and so it makes me wonder like, well, like how did you guys find us? How did you guys find us? Well, how did you come across us? Yeah. So I actually think it was beginning of beginning of this last. So yeah, I would say about maybe a little less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Shaman had posted something. Right. on his page or you guys were, were doing something maybe it was a baseball game. maybe you guys had mentioned the tropics yeah um and i was like oh like that seems pretty cool like you know sunday league baseball podcast so i looked into you guys and i was like all right this seems like they're having a good time this looks actually like a pretty fun thing that these guys are doing mm-hmm. and so i think i started following you guys then um but me kind of being in already that like kind of small business or small project mindset i was like yo, I'm going to follow him and, and I'm going to give him a shout out because right. at the same time, I think it was not too long after um, Fitz was doing the nosebleed stuff. Right, yeah. And so I messaged him and I was like, dude, this is like crazy how it's working out, like how I was starting to build something and then I came across you guys who, mm. you know, seemed pretty genuine and seemed like you, you guys really enjoyed what you were doing with the podcast and fits building nosebleed and it was kind of like yo like yeah i'm gonna follow him but i feel like these guys deserve more shout outs you know i mean mm. you guys were probably already getting enough as it is you'd, but, be, you'd be surprised but, <laughs> yeah, you'd but, be surprised. Um, but yeah no i i just really liked the way you guys were how you guys presented everything mm-hmm. um and yeah that's why i was just like you know what I'm just gonna give you these guys a shout out because i respect it and at the same time i was already just kind of leaving i was leaving something and trying to build something else at that time too so that's kind of like how I heard you guys, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. through Shaman, a post through Shaman. So. Yeah. What were your first impressions? These, these knuckleheads out here drinking, you know, talking about Sunday ball, Major League Baseball and all that shit, having a good time. No, because it, because that was the that was still a part of me. So it was like mm. that was you were around that time a year ago was the back end of when priorities were starting to change. Gotcha. So it was kind of like, I can still vibe with this group, but it's kind of like now a few months after was really when I started to hone in on different responsibilities and priorities that I had. But either way, you guys were building it and you guys were having fun. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I always respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Appreciate though that. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. So, you know, obviously here we like to have a good time, mm-hmm. but baseball itself is, is full of good times and bad times. You know, right. you're, you're crushing everybody. You're slumping, you know. Um, but it's a journey, right? It's a journey. And so, you know, tell, tell us about, uh, your journey through baseball and like essentially how you ended up in the good old Sunday leagues. All right. So (laughs) I know that sounds kind of weird, right? No, (laughs) no, it sounds perfect to me. Um, so I think I've been playing since I was five. So 21 years now Mm -hmm. just playing. Um, and I remember, I think, I can't remember the exact age, but I was maybe seven or eight years old. And my mom had basically given me a decision of like, you know what? Like you like, you like catching and you like playing third base. Which one do you want to do? And like, Mm -hmm. you know, take, take it to the end. And I was like, you know what? I think catching. And at the time I still had that bit of like, man, no, I I don't really think that's a good idea. (laughs) Right. Um, but no, I just said, you know, I was like, you know what? I'll try catcher out see how it goes. And um, so technically been catching since I was, yeah, I would say around seven, okay. seven or eight. Um, and, uh, like the little league that I came up in, it was, it was a lot of fun and I had a lot of good relationships with, um, and then I got into travel ball, I would say right at 10 years old. Um, 
and uh, go figure the first travel ball tournament I'm ever I'm ever in it's Moreno Valley in the summer about 115 degrees but there's a storm in the area mm-hmm. at Sunny so, Meat Park by any chance I th- I can't remember. It's been a while. Big ass park right off the freeway. Probably. That's probably yeah. where they scheduled us for. But um, yeah, go figure. My very first tournament was 115 in Marino Valley and it starts to rain, but it's warm rain. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, all right, well, this is a good, uh, it's a pretty good intro into, you know, travel ball and everything. And I think it was from there where I was like, you know what? It's going to be tough, but I think I can handle it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where, you got to learn to take hits. You got to learn to, you know, not be the star of the show because it's pretty much the pitcher. You know, mm-hmm. it's my, that's what my mom would always remind me of. It's like, look, pitcher throws a perfect game or a no hitter or a shutout, whatever. It's like some credit's going to be given to the catcher, but who are they talking about? Yeah, They're the talking pitcher, about yeah. the pitcher. And Who's I was the like, one in the record book. Right. Yeah. And I was like, no, like, it's not that. It's just, can I hold it down defensively? And ever since a young age, I remember very being very hard on myself for, you know, if I didn't do well defensively, I'm like, this is my job. Right. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, it's like I'm the stereotypical catcher of like, I'm not going to bat 300, but I'm going to have a pretty solid defensive season, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of like at a young age and I, and I just, from then on out, it was like, I'm all in, you know, good, bad, ugly, whatever. I'm all in on catching because I grew to really love it. And, um, yeah, just so Going on to travel ball, as I got older, I was actually blessed to be around uh, a lot of good players and um, competing against a lot of good programs. So I want to say, if I'm correct, I want to say that I was EM. I was a part of EM's first travel ball team. Okay. When yeah, EM, EM speed, and, speed and power. Speed and power uh-huh. training, yeah. Ran, so, Rancho, yep. 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 So they were in a smaller building at the time. Yep. And um, we had – so – we were the we were the Rancho Quakes because the facility was right across from Quake Stadium. Yeah, okay, I know, I know which one. Yeah, yeah. off of uh, Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. So, the first, I would say, almost the first year, dude, like we didn't win a tournament, mm-hmm. and it was just the typical like, yo, we're getting we're getting handed like right. left and right by everybody, and then all of a sudden we kind of merged with another team. I think it was like the High Desert Express mm-hmm. through connections or whatever. I didn't understand it because I was like ten or like yeah, eleven or twelve. Um, but then I remember from when we merged and when we kind of changed up the format a little bit with practices and how we how we go about games, it almost was like just a straight shot to being, you know, state ranked and almost nationally ranked kind of a thing. So, you know, it was fun. Definitely, like, like I said, some tough losses along the way. But I think what had helped me get older through high school and college is that I was always playing up and I was always mm-hmm. playing with some of the best in the area because – that's just how it is. You're not yeah. going to get better by playing beneath you, beneath exactly. you, right? So it's like one of those things where it transi- it transitioned really well um, as I got older. So, but yeah, and then high school, like I said, I mean, high school was weird for me. It was like pretty, it was pretty uneventful, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't a standout player by any means. Like I was just one of those guys that was there to work hard. I mean, people knew me as like a good teammate, but it was like, I was there to work hard and try to take spots. But high school was like a weird, like, man, I'm not really playing to the best of my ability. And I don't know why, no matter how hard I would practice or, um, change up, make adjustments and all the, all this other stuff that you try to do throughout the season. It was like, yeah, I'd have defensively, excuse me, some, some good highlights, but I mean, I was, 
I was probably at best below average when it came to hitting high school pitching mm-hmm. and you know um but yeah I mean it's just kind of like yeah I could say like there was other stuff going on behind the scenes right. that probably didn't help but um when I got to college I played at Pasadena City College PCC okay. there was when I was actually with like a legit staff to right. where like I had some poor habits that I picked up when I was younger that didn't necessarily get addressed or fixed in high school and right away my coaches chewed me out for it as often as they could right. because they were like dude like you're an adult now like you're not we're not here to baby you if you have mm-hmm. these tendencies you got to fix them on your own right and I really appreciate that I go back to um, coach McGee I think he's still there over at Pasadena City College but you know I messaged him not too long ago and told him about what was going on with me this past year with the weight loss and with me building the business and he he didn't hesitate to reach back out and say like dude, it's, it's awesome to hear. And if you ever need me or need any help, like just reach out. And I was like, you know, that's awesome, dude. So appreciate it. But, um, yeah. 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 Okay. So after you didn't get looked at by anybody, you, so didn't, it, it, you didn't never talk to like any organizations or anything like that. I mean, I did every now and then, like when I had my good years in travel ball, there were a few scouts in the area, um, that I would talk to, mm-hmm. but it was, it's funny because I think the first tournament that I went to for, like Sunday league, you know how we go out to Arizona and Vegas for those tournaments? Yeah. There was a scout out there. This was back when I was with, who was I with? I was with the Drillers, I believe. Ah. Yeah. Fitz's favorite team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, So I was with the Drillers at the time and that first game I had played pretty well. And there was um, a scout. I can't remember his name, but I think he was affiliated with Milwaukee or St. Louis. And he had mentioned like, hey, we have this like pro league in the summer. Like, you know, we'd like to have you on. And he's like, you're only 21, dude. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. You're getting up there for not getting really legit like looked at. But he was like, we'd like to have you play in in our pro league or summer pro league, whatever, you know. Um, And then after that, it was kind of just like, you know what? It is what it is. Like I had, like I said, I had other priorities going on at the time. So getting scouted wasn't really like the main thing that I was worried about. Right. You know, and it's like, I've gotten better with age, but it's kind of like, it was too late to the point of where like, okay, let me try and still get into a pro league, right. that kind of a thing. But you know, is what it is. Yeah. There, there, there's a few like things like that in, in our areas. I know, uh, the California winter league is going to start up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if in the future, that's something you might want to look into, mm-hmm. but a lot of, a lot of dudes get, get picked up from there. Uh, they play. I was gonna say semi pro. They play a, a lot. Uh, they sign a lot of dudes like to play independent ball in the mm-hmm. frontier leagues and all that. And there's another one like out in the LA area, which I feel like it's year around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Zone Twenty Two, uh, oh, like, like con- contract games, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So anybody that's like looking looking into something like that, it's called Zone Twenty Two. Oh, okay. Zone Twenty Two LA or something like that. So mm-hmm. you know, reach out. It seems like they. Uh, uh, the way they put it is like they like to farm players mm-hmm. and so they just get players looked at a lot of players go end up playing like in the mexican leagues and in the, in the, the independent league frontier oh, okay. league and all like all that kinds of stuff so it's pretty cool you know if, if there's ever like somebody that comes to you like like i kind of i want to get looked at and you feel like they can like they're ballers mm-hmm. that's i think that's a good a, a good mm-hmm. good place for them to uh maybe reach out to mm-hmm. and, and you know just to get looked at at least yeah. and it's a good barometer for a lot of dudes i know mm-hmm. i know uh there are a couple of guys have reached out to us about that specifically and like unfortunately i don't have as much information as i'd like to have to give mm-hmm. but um definitely i think it's, it'd be a good barometer for somebody to at least look at you especially for sunday leaguers 
you know, it seems like they, they might uh, ask for like a video or something like, mm-hmm. like send us some videos and then we'll see if we invite you out. You know, and like I said, it's a good barometer to, to for the top talent in, in our area, at mm-hmm. least. And, you know, SoCal's just fucking saturated oh, with, yeah. with it's talent, nuts. dude. It's crazy. It's gotten so much better, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I can honestly say, like, I've played against with and against a lot of, like, the, the best amateur talent in, mm-hmm. in our area, dude. And you are now, you know, especially mm-hmm. playing playing with the Tropics um, in the in the, in the the Fontana Baseball League. Yeah, and that's, uh, <clears throat> like I said, I wouldn't trade it, like, the way that kind of, like, my health and fitness took over, like, in my turning into transitioning into my mid-20s because I would rather have it that way where that wasn't my priority you know when I was in high school and college but mm-hmm. me figure it out before it got too late kind of a thing right. so I wouldn't trade it for for the world if you said okay you're super fit at a young age but then your health starts to go downhill as you get older it's mm-hmm. like well, that's the last thing that I want so definitely but yeah <clears throat> um so you played at PCC yeah I was told that uh you stopped playing infield there for a specific reason would it be possibly because you lost a tooth there okay so like <laughs> who did you talk to <laughs> just just one guy okay um yeah go figure the one time I'm at third base in I want to say two years maybe even longer um so what had happened <clears throat> is uh we were taking BP it was a lighter practice day and I was in right field and the guy who was shagging at third base was next up to bat, like in the next group. Okay. And I was after that group, so I was going to shag for an extra another like 10 minutes right. before I got my chance to hit. And it's kind of like, you know, one of those feelings where you're like, okay, something might happen here and it probably won't be for the better. <sighs> mm-hmm. That like feeling you- hit me the second I hit third base. Oh, shit. And <laughs> the catcher at the time who I was splitting time with... um he hits a hard two hopper, but when it hits the end, you know where like the, the grass, the lip, like where the grass and yeah. the dirt meet? Well, when it hit, it spun off faster, uh-huh. like at me, and I didn't have time to put my glove up. Right. And I was kind of like, at the time, I was like, oh, it was awkward because I hadn't fielded at third base mm-hmm. in two years, so I didn't put myself in the best position. Right. And, and so you're not used to reading hops off the no, bat either. Yeah. No, there was no way that ball beat me by a long <laughs> shot, dude. Um, it's, it sounds like he topped it, but it's like he topped it real hard. Hard. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't help with the skip that it took. Yeah. So, so then I feel it hit my mouth and I turn around. I don't fall down. Cause that's something that my coach like kind of praised me for afterwards. Yeah. But I don't go down. I kind of stumble to the side and I kind of, I feel around for my lip. And all of a sudden, like, I don't feel my two front teeth. Oh, shit. And I'm like, I think uh, one of my, um, one of the pitchers was right next to me. He saw it happen. And he looks at me. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, I already know. I can't feel my front teeth. Right. And I'm literally like, yo, Chase, can you find my teeth? Like, <laughs> oh, was, what, like yeah. that's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so he's going and he gets like a napkin or a paper towel mm. and he's able to find them. Damn. And the way that the ball hit my mouth, the top part of the lip, is it basically pushed out the two front teeth whole. It didn't chip it like a normal tooth injury would. Like this? Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I, for those that don't know, I got a chipped tooth. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Um, but uh, it had pushed uh, both teeth out whole. Mm-hmm. And so here, like, he's holding in a napkin, like, my two front teeth. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, dude, what? And then... The only thing I could come up with to my coach when he asked me, he's like, dude, are you all right? I was like, bro, he's, he's, cause I saw his face, bro. He's trying to hold it together because he's like, bro, I'd never seen this kind of injury before. Yeah. And I try to, me trying to like 
one, try to not freak myself out and the teammates around me as much. And talk. And talk, right? So, 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 so he goes, dude, why are you so like, he's like, dude, what's up? And I was like, coach, I didn't think I could get any uglier. And he's like, Jesus Christ, kid. He's like, go to the hospital or go to the dentist or something. But he, he chuckled. He was like, he, Cause he knew what I was trying to do and, right. and you know, we had talked afterwards once everything was settled, but just to kind of somewhat to not freak myself out for a second, <laughs> yeah. I was like, coach, and he's like, what? I was like, I didn't think I could get any uglier. And he was like, fuck junior. He's like, just go to the dentist. I didn't, I like, didn't exactly. <laughs> right. It didn't sound clearer, but you know, but, um, yeah. So I had a teammate drive me all the way to my dentist, which was about an hour away. Cause at the time I was still in Montclair and, uh, so I get to my dentist and, you know, obviously she sees what's going on and I tell her the situation, but she, so she was able to manually push them back into the root. Oh shit. And she had told me afterwards that this was only the second time in 25 years of practice that she'd ever seen that. Wow. Um, but you know, <laughs> shout out to, yeah, to her, but yeah, this was back when I was, I think 19 turning 20, wow. a couple months before I was turning 20. Um, but yeah, she was able to save them manually, um, or shove them in manually back to the root. Um, but yeah, dude, yeah, that's one of the craziest things that had ever happened to me. Yeah. But yeah. It's wild story. Did, did it mess up your game with the ladies? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like at that it's time, probably a stupid question at right? that time, bro, I wasn't pulling anything. Like <laughs> if I'm being honest, like just being as raw as I can, I wasn't pulling anything. Mm. It's just one of those things where it's like, that's why I told my coach, I was like, now I really, I'm really not going to get a date, you know, just, yeah. but but, um, no, yeah, it's just, that's always a funny story. And then I, I made sure to delete a photo. Cause at the time I was like, dude, I don't want anybody to see this like picture of me with no front teeth. Right. And my mom always reminds me, she's like, we should have saved that picture. I was like, yeah. no, I'm glad I deleted it. I, I imagine your least favorite song is all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. No, I actually bumped that. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. I think, I think a, a picture with a, like a, like an Instagram reel of that picture with that music over it. Would so be the gold. one, the one time where I thought, man, I shouldn't have deleted it was sent as like a Christmas postcard oh yeah with the lyrics that'd be like, perfect yeah or even even like if you just glorify it with like a catcher's mask mm -hmm. or something like that some eye black and get all dirty and shit yeah, yeah that'd be pretty sick that's one of those things where it's like give me a little bit more time and like you know it's kind of like I'll really laugh it off mm -hmm. but it's still like dude it was it was nuts <laughs> that's I, just I, funny dude I thought I was gonna walk around for a while with no front teeth yeah so, but yeah, dude, I've practically lived my whole life in second grade is when I chipped, chipped my, mm -hmm. uh, my front tooth on a tetherball pole of all things. I was playing tag and just running away from people and just, oh, okay. dude, I was like looking back and running and I turn around and blew right straight into the tetherball pole, like a stupid ass. No, it wasn't fun, man. And like, I never found the, the, the extra piece or nothing. Like I didn't even really realize what had happened until I walked into my classroom and like you sit down, you know, you start like, like filling around with your teeth and you're like, hmm. And I feel, I felt it. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? You know, mm. and I told the teacher, like, oh, teacher, I got I think I broke my tooth. She's like, what the hell? And so, yeah. So anyways, you must have been running full speed into that pole then. Yeah, yeah. We're playing tag. Oh, yeah. So you're flying. Yeah. And, like, I was, and growing yeah. up, I was fast as fuck, boy, you oh, know? Okay, gotcha. But, uh, but now, dude, like, I'm slow as shit. But, yeah. but, but that's what happened. Like, and I've, you know, I, I always tell people, like, it's, it's part of my character. Mm -hmm. It's part of my character. And, like, yeah. I just, you know, I, I try to embrace it. And honestly, can, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, 
you could have had so much like you could have had worse injuries and then there's people who have worse injuries to be honest like it's yeah. literally not the big it's not that big of a deal yeah when you think about it yeah, it's just some teeth whatever right <laughs> definitely and so you know you busted your teeth right yeah busted was, your teeth they pushed them back in so mm-hmm. i i would imagine that getting back on the field especially for you behind the plate like mm-hmm. yeah you had the mask on but mm-hmm. you probably still have some reservations mm-hmm. like with a ball coming at you or ball in the dirt or something mm-hmm. or a, 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 a foul ball tip like straight into the mask right you probably definitely in the back of your brain yeah so uh you definitely had to develop a certain mentality mm-hmm. which i think you know for, uh, maybe thinking about it, it probably helped you develop your catcher's mentality so like what do you think is would best describe ca- uh, a catcher's mentality I mean, first things first, like you can't be afraid to take a hit. Mm. And that's what I tell some of my catchers is that like, excuse me, if I get the sense that you're, you're really afraid to take a hit, I'll work with it, you know, and I'll just be like, Hey, we got to work our way. Cause I'm not, if, if I get the sense that they're feeling a little bit hesitant to block, I'm not going to throw as hard as I can in the dirt and be like, yo, like you got to figure it out. It's one of those things where it's like, will ease into it. And I've had a few catchers who last year I worked with and they were terrified and now they're, they're blocking pretty well. But I think first thing that I look for is that they aren't afraid to block. There's no, there's no hesitancy to like do a backhand or kind of like, you know, shy away from it. They just kind of have that instinct of dropping down and blocking it. Right. Um, and I, and just, you know, kind of being the vocal aspect is hard to develop because when you're young, it's like, in the back of the, your head, you don't want to sound stupid to your teammates. Right. Because you're calling out plays. You're calling out what the coach is telling you to call out. And you just don't want to sound dumb. And that's just kind of something that you get over with with age. But for sure, it's definitely the just drop down and block. And it's just having it's it's I mean, with every position or with every sport, it's just you being able to listen and apply what your coach is telling you. Right. You know, and, and having a little bit of that that little bit of that um i don't want to say like natural born leader but having that like okay i could be better in six months if i just listen to coach and apply what coach is telling me or three months or however however long i work with the kid it's that i can and i can see it i have a couple who are like that who you know they won't talk they won't i mean you won't get too much out of them but i can see it in their game of like this is what this is what coach told me to do in this situation so i'm gonna try and and apply it right so which is essentially as a coach like that's that's your goal right yeah right definitely um what do you think makes catching an art Uh, and it's a dying art where we're going with baseball today which we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later oh yeah yeah it's 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 honestly fun to talk about because it's like the way that the way that you receive pitches is an art. The way that you mm-hmm. call games is an art. The way that you interact with your pitcher is kind of like, it's the battery, right? Yeah. Um, you guys have to be on the same page or else it won't work. You have to pick up tendencies or poor habits that your pitcher isn't recognizing or that he's not feeling. Um, you have to, in a sense, control your defense. But as you get older and you play at a higher level, they kind of do that on their own because they kind of know where to be in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely with receiving blocking and throwing runners out when, when I see all three of those aspects being done really, really well, then it's kind of like, you're looking at an art form. And that's what I, like I said, going back to the catchers and the kids who I coach is that, you know, sure 
they have, you know, so I'll have some kids who are really good at throwing down a second or blocking, mm -hmm. but then their receiving's poor. Or I'll have catchers who come to me and they're like, hey, their receiving's actually pretty good. Their blocking just isn't that great. And when they start bringing, so basically when they start getting better in the things that they, they were poor when they first saw me, yeah. I love seeing everything kind of mesh together. Because it's, it's really awesome to see, like I said, a catcher who receives blocks, you know, calls a game, throws runners out, um, being done really well consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> so I've been told, you know, you've taken the worst of beatings behind the plate. A la the, yeah, the yeah. butcher. Right. Um, I mean, is there, well, I, I mean, I could, I could throw this question in. Uh, mm -hmm. Who are some of the, the, the best pitchers that you've ever caught? Like maybe guys that have gone on to play professionally. Or even even just in the Sunday leagues in general, maybe, I know may, maybe guys that probably deserve to get a chance. That's true. That's a good yeah. question. Um, I think off the top of my head, there's a reliever from the Phillies. His name's Bailey. He's a big lefty. Uh, Bailey Falter, I believe. Mm -hmm. He was one of the best pitchers I caught in my 12 to 13 year old year of travel ball. Um, and I think yeah, I don't know if he's still with the Phillies, but. He was definitely in their bullpen, I think, this past season or two. Um, he was, like I said, one of the best left-handed pitchers I had ever caught. Um, RJ Peace, who's with the Miami Marlins, I don't know if he's double-A or triple-A, but I had the pleasure of catching him for, I think, a year. Um, and then Solomon Bates from the Giants organization. I want to say mm -hmm. he's with, he, he was with the Norfolk Tides. And then I think he played in Venezuela this past season. Okay. Um, but he was with the Giants for a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Their double-A or triple-A organization. I think I had one more in mind. Um, I can't think of it. But, um, I, I mean, like honestly, like I'd throw Shaman up there. Mm -hmm. Only just because, one, he's always thrown hard. Yeah. And he's always had one of the best right-handed curveballs I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's just, that's how it was at 12 years old. It was trippy. And I think that's probably what helped me a little bit with receiving when I was younger is that he's always had nasty stuff. Yeah. And so it helped me get to that next level of receiving mm -hmm. pitchers who threw nasty stuff or who threw really firm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say I would throw him into the mix too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is like, uh, uh, the difference in mentalities or just like in, in the, their, their physical mannerisms, um, the, the difference between like a professional mm -hmm. and there are somebody that's like on their road to, to playing professional ball mm -hmm. versus versus like uh, somebody that's just not like that. They're, they're going to get to college and they're just going to stop. Like, are you talking about like skill set or more of like demeanor? A demeanor. Um, definitely uh, the catcher who doesn't complain because mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's one of those things where it's like sometimes you have the right to complain. Mm -hmm. I get it. But it's one of those things where it's like the some of the best catchers that I've ever seen, even if so they, they were accountable with their mistakes. And even if something wasn't their fault, they kind of wore that because mm -hmm. it was like it was like, damn, maybe I could have done something differently, even though he had nothing to do with the play. Yeah. And it's kind of like that level of accountability is a good foundation to have. One, obviously, you have to have the skill set. Yeah. And, um, you know, the the. You have to have the skill set, and obviously, you just got to be a workaholic at it. But definitely, that accountability and that just not really complaining, whether it's a bad call, um, obviously, stick up for your pitcher, especially when it's bad. But I think it's just again, it's it's weird to me seeing a catcher at a high level 
start complaining too much. Right. Or just kind of start whining a little too much. Cause it's like the job, the way that I feel it catching is with, okay, just like shut up and do your job. Yeah. Kind of a thing. You know, you have to block, you have to receive, you have to call a great game. You got to move your defense. You got to read subtle tendencies that are going on between the game. And you know, just, just cause to me, that's the toughest guy on the field. Yeah. And Definitely. if it's the guy, oh, yeah. <laughs> and if it's the guy who's whining, you get me someone else. Like if if my shortstop or third baseman is tougher than my catcher, I'll say, hey, why don't you go catch? Right. Because I'm tired of hearing this guy complain. Mm. So yeah. yeah. If you ask me to go catch, ain't no way I'm catching. <laughs> no, you're not down. <laughs> no, I'm not, dude. Does it depend I, on the pitcher? Uh, no, dude. I just I can't. I can't be back there. I don't so know what it is. You wouldn't want to catch. I, Shea? I, I might. I might. <laughs> no, no. I face Shay. Like mm. he's fucking filthy, dude. Mm. He actually struck me out once. Um. So I probably owe him five bucks. Which good. I which is it's uh it's up long overdue. You know, I see Shaman often. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um so uh shit, I lost my train of thought. Uh well let me I'll ask you this. How, how do you prep for a uh how do you prep for a pitcher like mentally that mm-hmm. that you've never caught? Uh for example, like in the Sunday leagues, mm-hmm. you're often you're probably gonna catch a new guy. Mm-hmm. You know, often. Yeah. You know, uh maybe not right now, but if uh, say if you're like a team hopper and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh how do you prep for him? For example, like what do you what do you look for? Uh, how the ball comes out of the hand? Like mm-hmm. where are your eyes at? Uh, what are you expecting? It's also, I'm sure it's things that you like pick up in, uh, in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. When you, when, you know, pregame warming up and all that. You guys right. talk. Um, you know, like essentially, like, like what do you pick up on as the game pro- progresses, pitch to pitch? Yeah. So, like, if I'm catching a new guy, one obviously I want to know what he throws. Right. Mm-hmm. All of his pitches. If he throws two pitches or seven, you know, I want to know all of them. But in the bullpen is where I get a sense of like, okay, what are his top two or three pitcher, uh, pitches? And it's like, okay, you can throw five, but if two are good, then you know what, what I'm mostly going to call are those two pitches. If he starts developing um, those other three pitches in a game and he's throwing them for strikes, then yeah, I'll start mixing it up more. But the bullpen is where you do a lot of like kind of your mental research of like, okay, does he drop his elbow on certain pitches? Does he mm. open up his front leg too early? Does he keep himself locked up? Um, does he do anything with his glove or his body that would indicate like, oh, an off-speed or a fastball's coming? Because good hitters pick up on that. They're yeah. like, oh, he moved his glove just a little bit or he turned it yeah. a certain way, so I think an off-speed's yeah. coming. Tipping pitches, yeah. Tipping pitches, yeah. right? So it's kind of like I look for all of that in the bullpen. You're so like that, that firewall. You're like, right. emphasis on wall because like right. you, you have to be a wall back there, mm-hmm. you know, and you got all this fire coming at you. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're essentially a firewall. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to, I never described it that yeah. way. That's a good way to, to go, to look at it, honestly. Yeah. Um, and because if I don't, it's only gonna, it's not going to help us. Like yeah, I'm trying right. to, the battery, I'm trying to make it as best as possibly can, as we possibly can throughout the game. Right. Yeah. So if I, I'm not doing my job, if there's clearly something that he's doing wrong with his pitches or with his body or maybe demeanor, mm-hmm. maybe I got to pick him up a little bit. Um, then it's just not overall not going to help the team. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, catchers are definitely uh, men of the people. Like in, yeah. in a way, you know, cause right. like leaders, like they're like, the, I'm a man of the people, like the people's champ, you know, mm-hmm. shit like that. Um, yeah. And, that, but, and, and actually that's a good point because you reminded me of a conversation I had with one of my 13 year old catchers is, a big thing is understanding when and when not to call time. Mm-hmm. And they okay. don't, they're kind of still like struggling a little bit to like understand the tempo of a game. So like I do, I would do drills if like they're calling a game to me and I'm throwing to them 
And I tell them, hey, you got to look for something that I'm doing wrong, kind of like what we just talked about. Right. Am I tipping pitches? Mm-hmm. And then call time and, and let me know. So that's a drill that I'll do with my with my catchers. But the other thing is if I'm just dialed in, throwing strikes, yeah, the last thing you're going to do is call time and come out <laughs> and talk to me because the tempo and the rhythm's broken. Right. You know, so I, I tell them that too. I'm like, look, if you see me struggling, if you just see like, like I don't got it right now, something's yeah. off call time and just come talk to me. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's something subtle, not so serious. Or even if it is like you can start reading the way that, like the game's going and how your pitcher is pitching. Yeah. But like I said, the last thing you're going to do is when you and your pitcher are dialed in and for whatever reason you just call time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of a uh, catchers from movies like, like uh, in Boulder, for example, crash Davis. I think he, mm-hmm. him and uh, in major league, uh, Jake Taylor, the, the two catchers, um, I think they, they really like, uh, embody what, what catchers like should really be mm-hmm. you know like just there's natural leaders on the field and jake taylor ends up like managing the damn team in the, mm-hmm. in, the in the sequel mm-hmm. uh but but specifically like crash davis dude he's the he's on your ass mm-hmm. you know he's almost like in, in a way like 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 i'm not gonna fucking baby you uh I, not a father figure but like just like an older brother mm-hmm. you know he's the older right. brother to uh to nuke in, mm-hmm. in the, the, the the picture in the movie um so it's it's really cool to see like that dynamic, especially like like if I played with you guys, I, I would be, I would be I would watch you guys and mm-hmm. just, just study you guys like like why are they both like that like, like mm-hmm. you, or you know your relationship with the pitchers on the right. staff and things like that. So right. you know because me I'm very uh, I'm very like people watchy. I like to mm-hmm. watch like people's mannerisms and like you you understand more about people. Like um, there's a quote that I always kind of like revert to like like uh, who you are when nobody's when nobody's watching is who you'll be when you least expect it mm-hmm. type of thing. Right. And so like, like me, like I tend to watch like everybody. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I watch uh, people's mannerisms on the field. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, like this guy's too far this way or like his head's out of the game. Things well, like and, that. And, and people will show their hand too, just given a course. situation because mm-hmm. you can pick up the good and the bad patterns exactly. right away. It just depends on the situation, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially like if somebody's not mentally prepped, Mm-hmm. for something like that you know and, it, and it's crazy because like like for me baseball really makes me tick like mm-hmm. that like i'm just like 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 not that i get my jollies off, <laughs> off of doing shit <laughs> right. like that right but like like it really like like just baseball and watching players and how they uh their mannerisms on the field and what mm-hmm. they do as players as individual players like it really makes me like like i'm just real curious so i'm always just watching mm-hmm. and i don't i tend to not have like in-depth conversations in the dugout because i'm watching what's going right. on out there you know especially like you said like sometimes a lot of times they'll tip their hand mm. you know they'll show you what's going on and everybody in life will always show their hand dude. Right. They, everybody tips their hand um we're all guilty of it right yeah exactly and so like that's what makes me tick in baseball mm. what is it about baseball that makes you tick honestly like we were talking about earlier like mm. this was the first oh well, maybe the past two seasons where I really didn't watch any major league baseball. Um, even though I like, even though I coach it all the time now, Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things where the last thing I want to do is put on the TV and watch a baseball game because I've been coaching all day. You know, I mean, I still enjoy it. I still like going to games like, you know, angel Dodger games. I want to try to go to a Padres game this year. Um, but I think the thing that makes me tick now kind of reflecting on it now that I'm older is, it's kind of like it's the memories that I've built through baseball, like so many fun memories, so many amazing people and teammates that I've met throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's been 21 years of playing technically, you yeah. know, so it's like travel to um, that's a whole uh, that's a whole adulthood. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I've been to New York, Arizona, Vegas. Um, I think we played up in NorCal. 
too. Um, and then maybe another state that I'm forgetting, but it's, it was like, I made a lot of home homegrown memories here in mm-hmm. San Bernardino and Orange County and LA County. And, um, a lot of good memories outside of California too. Yeah. And you know, whether, like I said, with teammates, uh, building relationships or after tournaments, we'd go to a really bomb food spot and we'd all just enjoy and, and hang mm-hmm. out, whether it was a tough loss or a great win. Yeah. It was kind of like, I think that's what helped me become a foodie even more and build memories from it was, was that, mm-hmm. that aspect of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so you had mentioned, you know, like that you don't watch mm-hmm. Major League Baseball as mm-hmm. much anymore. But, you know, one of my, I usually ask people like, like, who's your favorite team? Mm-hmm. So, and this is kind of where like my mom was trying to like, like my mom <laughs> had a little sense of betrayal when I told her this. Okay. Because my mom has been a diehard Angel fan since she was young. Um, yeah, ever since she was like, yeah, she was, God, nine or ten years old, something like that. She mm-hmm. loved watching the old school Angel player. They had the old school jerseys on at the time, and she loved, she loved the colors and everything in the stadium. But um, I think when I started watching the Oakland A's play when I was like eight or nine years old, uh. it was something about how there was just, there was no household names but it seemed like they always took it to the big market teams. Right. And it was like, I loved their, um, I can't remember what year it was. I think it might've been 2000 to 2002. Mm-hmm. Their black and green jerseys. Oh, I know which ones the you're talking alternate, about. The alternate, the old alternate. And it said, oh, did it say Oakland? Yeah, I think okay. it was Oakland. Yeah. But okay. it was um, black with green lettering. Yeah. I know exactly which ones. Yeah. And ever since I was a kid, I was like, I actually dig that, like that color scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So don't tell me that you're an Oakland A's fan. Well, or no, we're not there yet. It's like, <laughs> honestly, like, yeah, you could say I'm a fan, but it's like, do I watch their game? Do I watch their games? Like, not really. Like, mm, I know, okay. like, my sister and a friend have hooked it up with jerseys, but mm-hmm. like, I never wear them. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, growing up, I just love the way that they played, um, and I love their colors. But it's like you can't necessarily put me in with like the actual like fan group kind yeah. of a thing, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah the, the diehards in Oakland, man. Like we, we, last year, we went on a it was a three game series. The Red Sox were were up, were up in Oakland, mm-hmm. and uh, you know who the diehards are. Like like they're diehard, bro. Right it, away, yeah. It's crazy. Like the stadium's trash. Although I kind of like the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like it's real old school. Yeah, I don't mind it. It has a yeah. A lot of people just bash it, but it's like first of all, they got food, mm-hmm. they have baseball, and they have drinks. Like what what more do you want? Right. You know, right. you, you want to be catered to like. Mm-hmm. No rats ran past me. And I think like, you know? yeah, people who, people who say that are the ones that are used to like the more uppity stadiums mm-hmm. and areas. And it's kind of like, I'd, I'd be psyched to go to a, an Oakland A's game, but yeah. it's kind of the thing where it's like, yeah, it's again, coming from not really watching the past two seasons. I right. kind of know what goes on here and there yeah. from news and stuff, yeah. but it's like, I'm not going to be that actual, like what you call the definition of a fan is mm-hmm. technically. So, so, so then who's your team going to your head? Okay, well then, if if you just said straight up who's a team that you would go for, it'd probably just be the Oakland A's then. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've have never got that. I do know one Oakland A's fan, uh-huh. and uh, he was actually on the podcast before. Uh, one of the hosts of Top of the Lineup. His name's, uh-huh. uh, his name's Juan. Yeah, that's Juan. I was gonna say Soto. Oh, okay. Soto's the Giants fan. Juan is the A's fan. Oh, okay, gotcha. He and uh, Juan grew up uh, being a catcher as well. Mm-hmm. He actually offered to answer all the uh, ask a catcher. Stuff. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that we'll get to a little bit later. Sweet. But that's your stuff. That's mm-hmm. what you're going to answer. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, growing up, growing up, you would watch Major League Baseball. Yeah, right? yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a lifestyle. It was, 
you know, every, ba- baseball's life. The rest is just details, kind of. Basically, thing. that's yeah. how it was. Yeah, that was the motto growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. At least for me, mm-hmm. at least for me, like in like like my little circle of friends, like we're like yeah, like we're all dorky about it and shit. Yeah, uh, but it's nothing better than a baseball dork, dude. Right. You know, but uh, so uh, growing up, like which MLB catchers represented best represented your style of play, or like who who you would like to like you'd pick apart this catcher and pick apart that catcher and you like you know molded your game. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good question. Um, I think when I was growing up, I think uh, watching the Molina brothers was mm-hmm. pretty good. I would kind of pick apart how they would uh, how they would set up for certain pitches or with certain pitchers, um, how they would block their footwork with throwing guys out. Because I mean, they all had cannons, right. you know. Let's be real. Um, but I think as I started to get older, and this kind of like going back to what I teach, this new style of basically shortstops being catchers from how athletic their footwork is and how strong their arm, Mm -hmm. their arms are and not being the stereotypical, like chubby or catcher. Right. Um, I would say Jan Gomes cause he's by far one of the best framers and blockers I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And, um, a guy who I really like, um, is JT Romuto from the Phillies. Okay, yeah. Um, you could argue that he's probably the most athletic catcher in the world right now in any league. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does a very good job of setting up to not only block, but receive off-speed pitches. Mm-hmm. So if you watch his game, he sets up as if, okay, if he throws it for a strike lower part of the zone, he's going to frame it really well. But he's so good at reacting that he's already prepared if you spike that ball. Right. And, and uh, I mean, I catch guys who throw hard, but he's catching dudes 95 plus. Yeah, he's throwing the hardest guys in the, the world. The, yeah. yeah, the hardest throwers in the world. So it's like I kind of pick apart from certain catchers who I enjoy watching. And I kind of go, okay, this guy's really good with footwork, throwing somebody out at second or third, whatever, back picks to first. Yeah. And then I'll go, okay, this guy is one of the best receivers I've ever seen. And then this guy's blocking technique, how he, how he, um, develops demeanor and relationships with the pitchers yeah and if he goes out and sees something right away that he doesn't like or the pitcher doesn't notice he's immediately like yo you got to fix this yeah so but yeah nice um before we go into cup check i'm gonna ask you two more sunday league related questions sweet let's do it um what are your thoughts on the current state of sunday leagues right now i feel like you have so many more guys like more (laughs) Like, who could probably answer this question a little bit better? Okay. I'll put it like this. How has social media affected uh, the Sunday leagues, in your opinion, where it's at now? Um, I think it's kind of like, it's, again, it's like anything with social media. Like, it could give you a platform, and it mm-hmm. could give you something that's like, okay, well, we hadn't heard about this. Like, what's this? And obviously, you click on it. You find out more research about it or, you know, whatever. You watch more videos, look at more posts. Um <clears throat> I think in a way it's, it's helped grow a little bit because when I started in Sunday league, there was, wasn't really anybody posting about it. And this was only three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think now it's kind of like almost every other random feed. Sorry about that. (laughs) Hit the cord. Uh, every other random feed that I get is like some random league somewhere in a different county. And that's what I've noticed is Mm -hmm. that like, I'll be scrolling through my Instagram and I'll get a random feed of, you know how the Sunday league fields are like you obviously know yeah. you click on it and you're like, they're playing somewhere like trashy or whatever. Yeah. Not, not as nice. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the big difference that I've seen is that, yeah, I'll get random feeds from 
um, some of the leagues in the area and they'll post highlights or somebody goes three, three for three and hits a home run and they'll say like, Oh, it's this team from this league. Yeah. Whereas I didn't see any of that three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you think it's, it's, uh, uh, how can I phrase a question? Uh, like how, how dope is it to you in your opinion? Like, like when, uh, would you rather like the team highlight itself or like the team highlighting the league that they're from? Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you're talking about like, okay, if a team has a page and they only highlight themselves yeah. rather than the league that they're from. Yeah, or it's kind of like, like, oh, like all oh, the hammered heads from the from the Fontana Baseball League. Yeah. Like, oh, because it kind of puts like both of them on the right. map versus versus like only putting just the team on the map, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're active on the page enough, I think a good healthy split between the two is like maybe mm-hmm. a couple posts. You could just have like just your team mm-hmm. and then maybe a couple other posts later, just have yeah. it involve the league that you're from. Yeah. But it's kind of like I'm really neutral with all that because as long as you're trying to get more eyes on you, like, again, I can respect that. So Yeah. Um, well, shit, man. I mean, for right now, uh, your cup's looking kind of empty. So is mine. So uh, we're just going to go into cup check. Let's do it. We'll be back. Hello. Up to the plate, Junior Shockley. What's wrong? I'm a little nervous. My old man's here. Your dad's here? Where's he at? It's right behind home plate. Don't look. Don't look. Look, he's waving. Hey, he's just your old man. He's as full of shit as anybody. Hey, what's going on? Breathing through the wrong fucking eyelid again? No. Shut up. Hey, did you guys hear about Jimmy and Millie? Yeah. They got engaged. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah? Well, wait till I tell him she's gone down on half the Carolina League. Hey, anybody says anything bad about Millie, I break his neck. Excuse me, guys. I got a game for this year. Hey, you guys, don't throw me anything. My girlfriend put a curse on my glove. I'll take the X off the fucking glove. Give me the glove. Well, then you got to cut the head off a live rooster. What the hell's going on out there? Looks like a convention. Pretty soon they're going to call the roll. <laughs> Get your ass out there and check it out. Excuse me, what the hell's going on out here? Well, Nick's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. Well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting or maybe a silverware pattern. Okay, let's get to it. Here we go. And we're back. Junior, what are you drinking? That same bourbon. Same bourbon, just, just a nice little refill. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to add it to the bar. And like I said, we don't really drink too much or that often but mm-hmm. it's definitely one that that i'll add to the bar for sure it's really good appreciate yeah. it no definitely man i mean i would love to kill this bottle dude i'm not gonna lie uh <laughs> so what do you think man what do you think about the uh the, the cup check clip i i think it was i think it was um i think it was pretty fun because it's like i i hadn't seen that part i told mm-hmm. you i've seen like a couple minute clips yeah um f- flick through the tv and saw it was on but I, like i said i never really sat down to watch the whole thing um, but like where they were discussing on that mountain visit about a bunch of random <laughs> stupid stuff. Like, yeah. um, I was telling you, I was telling you earlier, I was like some of the best infield I've ever been around and teammates and everything is regardless of whether they were studs or not, 
you know, when they knew that me and my pitcher were stressing out, whoever it was or whatever, like we'd call time. You know how it is. It's, it's strict business. Like yeah. we're both in the shitter sometimes. And it's kind of like, look, we got to try and get out of it. But yeah. then here's your infield coming in and saying like, you know, knowing the tension, knowing the circumstances. And then all of a sudden someone goes, Hey, you know, John went out with so-and-so and and we're like, there's no fucking way. John's too ugly for her, you know? And it's kind of like, but you see how everybody gets a little laugh and it's kind of like, you know, um, it eases that tension because uh, I'll be honest, I'm not always the best at trying to ease the tension. I mean, Mm -hmm. for the most part I can, but sometimes like, you Mm. know how it is as the competitor and as the stakes get higher and higher, especially with playoffs or championship games, it's kind of like. I won't always be able to ease the tension. So I love when my teammates um, or anybody, for example, can just say something stupid like that and ease the tension. Yeah. Yeah. The, can you recall, like, probably maybe the funniest thing you've ever heard or, or you know, maybe not the funniest, but something, something just kind of way, like, out of the ordinary, like, really, bro? Like, that's what you came up with? I think there was actually, like, this actually was, a I think, a question that we talked about after the game. So I think there was – it wasn't like uh, – like, me or the pitcher's moms um but it came up as like okay i think either the right fielder the right fielder and the left fielders okay like because i think we had dinner at both of their houses because pretty much honestly from travel ball i went to almost everybody's house and had a dinner at least once right and i think i think there was a debate about whose pasta was better between the right fielder's mom and the left fielder's (laughs) Okay, mom, and I think it was—I right. don't—I forgot what pasta was. I think they were two different, honestly. Yeah. But we kind of kept it for a little bit, like in the infield, because somebody was like, "No, dude, like, you know, I can't remember the name, but like Nick's mom's pasta was way better. Like that shit smacked." <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, the shortstop's <laughs> like, "Dude, there's no fucking way, like, right. you know, um, John's mom or whatever mm. uh, has a way better pasta or whoever, right?" And yeah. it's just kind of like we thought about it for a second. <laughs> and we were like, yo, that's actually a good question. Yeah. Like, not going to lie. But it's just one of the, like, one of the, like, I wasn't expecting that yeah. at all. Are, you know? Yeah. Is your family, like, big into Italian cooking? You're half Italian, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're from Romini. Yeah. Romini, like that coastal town. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I told you earlier, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot that I want to do in the States. But we had mentioned, I think my sisters and I had mentioned a trip to, you know, the town where, where you know, my grandparents or I think it was my grandpa was originally from my grandma was straight out of the heart of Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, we're very big on like the meats and pasta. So it's kind of like growing up, it was kind of one of those things where I didn't realize how much I was eating because it's all good food, you know, and you know how some of us are raised. It's like, you're going to eat everything on your plate, Yeah, you know, and because it's just kind of the, it's a a culture thing. It's a culture thing. Yeah. Yeah. And as I got older, like I said, I started realizing, okay, like maybe I'm eating a little too much. As bomb as this food is, <laughs> yeah, I might need to chill out a little bit. Yeah, you know, so I'm super guilty of that. Like mm-hmm. if I if I'm enjoying something, I'm I'm gonna crush it. Like mm-hmm. like, is there more? Can I get some more? Like, is mm-hmm. everybody done? Because yeah. you know, I usually like, especially with pizza, dude. I'm a fucking pizza oh, whore, bro. Um, Feel that. But but like, I'll usually ask like if there's one last slice, and I'm like, like I'm fiending for it. I'm just uh-huh. like. <sighs> Yeah, I gotta eat that slice, you know. And uh-huh. I'll ask, like, I'll be mm-hmm. polite, be like, do the polite thing. Does anybody want this last slice? You know, is everybody cool? Because I, I won't say because I really want it, but like yeah. everybody kind of. But they'll sense it. They'll sense it. They'll be like, 
you just, know, just no, go ahead. Just and eat go it. ahead. And, yeah. You could have just grabbed it and said, you know, mm. fuck everybody. You could have just grabbed the last piece. Yeah. And we would have been cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny that you mentioned pizza because a couple people this week. You know how uh, I think I saw you saw my story about how I'm doing push-ups and asking stupid food questions. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was surprising that so many people were for the pineapple on pizza. I thought it'd mm-hmm. be the other way around. Right. But um, so like a good friend of mine who I just came, I was at his house, dropped off some merchandise that he he had wanted. He was the same exact way. Um, we had said like, you know, if you put a box of pizza in front of us and nobody stops us or nobody like yeah. wants a bite of that, mm-hmm. like we're going to go through the whole box. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I think it's just one of those things where if you don't catch yourself, you all of a yeah. sudden you're five or six slices in. Yeah. And I think uh, the thing with pizza too is like it brings people together. Mm-hmm. And it, re- it reminds me of the episode in the office where like I think the warehouse and, and the office, mm-hmm. like the, the warehouse workers and the office workers, like yeah. they're kind of, they're, they're they're trying to figure something out as like who's working overtime. Or I don't really remember exactly, right. but but uh, the point is that Michael, Michael buys pizza for everybody uh-huh. and then everybody starts, you know, everybody's just digging in and mm-hmm. shit. And uh, then everybody's just cool. Like, they're just nodding each other like, yep, like, yep, like, this mm-hmm. fucking pizza's legit. And, and the <laughs> thing, too, is as, as you get older, what do you equate, like, going out, like, or getting pizza, going out, like, celebrating, or, like, ordering pizza? You you affiliate it with alcohol. So yeah. it's kind of like, for yeah. me, the worst times that I've felt after eating a meal is when I've had three or four slices of pizza, but I've also had a giant mug yeah. of beer. Uh-huh. You know, so it's kind of like, that's where it's like, I think yeah. as an adult, yeah. you equate like, oh, if I'm going to eat pizza, what do I need with it? I yeah. need alcohol, beer, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then the pizza, like you, you uh, kind of relate it to pizza party, like it's a celebration. Yeah. You know, we got to celebrate something, man. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned earlier too, like uh, you, on your Instagram, you were doing um, uh, like Chili's versus Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> that one, <laughs> honestly, and, and like I said, I'm trying to be as honest as possible, mm-hmm. right? I just kind of threw it up there as like a whatever. I was like, you know what? I'm out for a jog. Um, so where I live off of baseline in Fontana, mm-hmm. there's like a wash like with power lines and there's like a dirt trail. Mm-hmm. And I'll usually go for a jog every other day. I'll usually jog when I'm not going to the gym and lifting weights and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, look, there's a bench. I haven't done like modified pushups in a while. Um, so... I got on one of the benches and I was like, and and no joke, I've thought about that question before because like I was telling you, like we come up with like random food questions all the time just to spark up conversations. And when I had posted it, it was like, I think immediately there was like seven to 10 people that got back to me about like Chili's all the way, dude, or no Applebee's. And then yeah, a couple (laughs) neutrals where it's Mm -hmm. like, you can get food or get drunk at either place. And it's like, okay, I see that. That's kind of like where I'm at. And like Mm -hmm. I said- with Chili's, it was kind of like a bias kind of a thing because I built a lot of good relationships with like the Chili's that I would go to with friends. Um, but dude, I was honestly surprised at how many people got back to me and were so like passionate about it's Chili's all the way. Um, or those people that were like, it's Applebee's yeah. all the way, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, again, referencing the office, like, like business gets done at Chili's, but I think, mm-hmm. I think Applebee's probably has the better, uh, like the better bar environment, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I, I could be wrong though. I, I think it, it depends on where you go. And, I think and it the depends which one and the, the staff. Yeah. yeah. Also probably like the layout of the, of the building and yeah. stuff. Cause like it can be Chili's, but it could like used to be in like a pizza parlor or something, right. you know, like it just, it just depends. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of variables to take into consideration. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, you got any, any more food stuff that you want to get off your chest? I mean, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I'm getting hungry now, but, um, 
honestly, I, th- I was on my phone and I jot things down on notes. Like when I think about mm-hmm. something and, you know, so I don't want to lose that thought, I'll jot them down on my notes. And I had already had like another two or three food questions that I was going to have set up. Okay. If I'm at the gym or again, if I'm doing pushups randomly yeah. or down by the wash, like I was already coming up with, uh, other dumb food questions like, um, you know, okay. So if you have, or like where are the best fries or if you do have those fries, is it ranch oh, or damn. ketchup you know? or is it in and out <laughs> or Whataburger, you know? Right. So that, that kind of stuff. What's your best French fries then? That's a tough question. I think I had talked about this with my younger sister. Um, <laughs> Cause like I said, dude, randomly we'll just be like, yo, where's your favorite place right now? Or like yeah. all time. Um, but we both agreed that when Del Taco had the, um, obviously they still have the, the crinkle cut fries or yeah. whatever. Um, but what they, when they used to sell them in the giant soda cup, Oh, like that's been, yeah. we would always get like, we were like fry freaks. So we would always like order the large, like we don't want no small order of fries. Of course. Like, These are bomb and we want the big as you can get us. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a nostalgia thing. Um, <laughs> cause it, yeah, it was just like, we, we both agreed that, you know, Del Taco has some of the best fries, but right. it's kind of like the fact that you get it in a giant soda cup yeah. is what kind of made it nostalgia for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of where I've had these fries, but like I could just kind of describe it like good cri- crispy fries with mm-hmm. um with like seasoned salt. Yeah. Uh, but with barbecue sauce. Oh fuck! Like dip it in, instead of ketchup, use oh, barbecue okay. sauce. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that I think that's my. Yeah. That would be my uh, like like my pick. I just yeah. don't remember where like where have I had these fucking fries? Yeah. I just don't remember. But if I'm going classic, just fries and ketchup. Um, I think Farmer Boys has really good fries because mm-hmm. those fries stay crispy. Like I need some crispy fries every now and again. McDonald's could be okay, but yeah. I think it's important that fries stay crispy because you can right. come across these soggy ass fries like yeah. often. Yeah. Often, and that's that's for me. It's a huge turn. It's like kind of one of the luck of the draw things where it's a hit or miss, especially with like fast food places. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's real hit or miss. <laughs> um, but I think like <clears throat> you reminded me too with the barbecue is that like I didn't realize how much I love barbecue until I started realizing I was collecting bottles from like different areas. Like, right. Okay. I was either I found a cool website or a cool brand, mm-hmm. or like I was out of state and I, because that's kind of the thing. We all have the little thing that we buy when we're out of state. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, My wife, same shit. She does yeah. the, little, the little Starbucks mugs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I would say it's like uh, barbecue sauces. Oh, okay. And um, one of the best ones I've had, I think was based out in Arizona. And I think it's called a uh, rattlesnake bite. Mm. And um, it's not, it's really not hot. There's a little bit of a kick, but the flavor was really, really good. And yeah. that was one of my favorites. I think I recommended it to a couple people. Um, but it's like any day. I think I would still always just choose barbecue over either ranch or ketchup. Yeah. That's just me. Interesting. So, so yeah. but barbecue sauce on a burger is okay or. Oh, dude, that's my go-to. Okay. Yeah. It kind of gives me like, like a Western burger vibe. Okay. So shit, like yeah. basically my entire, <laughs> like the little league diet of like 10 to 12 years old was if I wasn't eating a home cooked meal that my uh-huh. mom made or my parents made or whatever, yeah. it was a double Western bacon from Carl's, Carl's Jr. Jr. Yep. Yeah. Fire with the, with the, uh, the onion rings. And oh stuff. yeah. Uh, I would pull out their onion rings cause mm-hmm. I don't like onions. They're yeah. gross. Even right. fried, like fried onion rings. Like uh-huh. pr- people are probably like, really like that shit fucking, but nah, yeah. it's gross. I think it's yeah. nasty. Um, I just, you know, not my go-to I'm, I'm taking I, them out, but I like the flavor. Like, yeah. yeah, it's weird. Like, like you use onions to like cook and stuff. Onion powder, it's right. good. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. But like, like the onion itself, it's got to go. 
Yeah. Like my mom growing up, she would make a lot of sopita, like like sopa and oh, stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so she would use onions with like garlic powder and stuff. Whatever, how the, however the hell she made you it. You still take them out? I would still take them out. Oh, yeah. Okay. But but like I like the flavor of it. It's just weird. Like I don't yeah. know. For the, but just I think it's the it's a texture thing. That's, That's just, just how I am. Like I told you with no. tomato, like. I'm taking it out regardless. Yeah, tomato tomato's overrated. In yeah. in a burger, in a sandwich, it's so yeah. overrated, man. Get get it out of there. It's Just give too- me the patty, drown it in sauce, and I'm good to go. Yeah, exactly. Like the the star of the show is the meat. Mm. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's transition a little got bit, me. man. <laughs> yeah, we got we we got into this uh dude, we, I think we talked about food for like fifteen minutes, man. No food. That's talk. what I do. That's perfect, dude. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um <clears throat> so let's transition, man. So like so when I when you and I first met, mm-hmm. uh, it was like a blind bro date of sorts, right? And like, it's the best way to describe it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so you initiated, I accepted. Um, <laughs> we met up at an Aztec League game uh, that f- featured the the Yaki's and the Dukes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, shout out to the Yaki's; they won their championship today against the Hammerheads. Um, so, anyways, you know, uh, I shook your hand. Uh, my initial thoughts were like, oh, this dude is mentally strong, right? Mm-hmm. That was my initial thoughts of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the look in your eyes, it like they read like man with a purpose. And so we, you know, watching the game, we're sitting down and uh, we we got into some deep conversations just like mm-hmm. about life, uh, its struggles, you know, et cetera. Right. Uh, and like with me being a complete stranger to you, mm-hmm. uh, like you just opened up to me, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so for me, it kind of like... It, it, it didn't. It didn't like turn me off right. at all. But like, cause like, like the conversation was great. You, you just know? weren't expecting it. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, I feel like 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 a lot of us, uh, like we can relate in so many ways to some of the stuff that we talked about. You mm-hmm. know. And so like like, can you talk to us about like like your experience, your struggles, uh, like your weight loss journey, and mm-hmm. like what what you've done to, uh, overcome all, like all these obstacles, mm-hmm. uh, just and to get you to where you're at today. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a great question, and and like I said, you like the when we met up at that Aztec League game, it was like I said, just good timing, right? Because right. again, mentally and physically, I'm a totally different person the past year or two than I was from, I would say, 15 or 16 when I started developing unproductive or you know, for lack of a better term, bad habits. Mm-hmm. Um, up until I was, like I said, about 24. So almost a decade of like, you know, and again, we're all young. We have that, right? right? We all go through those phases, but I think it was kind of like I was getting tired of it. You know, it was a decade long of the same person with the same habits. And, Mm. you know, to get into what actually made me click and change um, specifically with the weight losses. So I was about, uh, so I'm about six feet and I was two, I would fluctuate between 225 and 240. And that's too heavy for a guy who's only six feet. Right. If I was six four, six five, it'd be dispersed differently. Right. Obviously. Um, but I remember um so I was trying to like I said, without doing any knowledge, going to anybody for a technique, I was trying to do one of the hardest the hardest lifting techniques that you could, which is just the deadlift. Mm-hmm. And so I had heavy makeshift weights, they were rusted, they were old. And I was just like, screw it. If I just keep lifting heavy, like, you know, right. maybe eventually like I'll just, I'll slim down. Right? right. Well, again, me being, me not having any gym experience. Right. Um, just deadlifting a decent amount of weight. I can't remember, but I know it was way too heavy for me to even attempt. Mm. Um, I had started feeling these little back spasms and 
you know, I took it as regular back stiffness or tightness because mm-hmm. I'm not used to working out and hit lifting heavy weights. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of days go by and I'm like, okay, well, it's not going away. Let me try and take some medication. And still, if anything, it's going up in intensity. Right. So I, again, me waiting to the last second to say anything, I was, um, hanging out with, uh, my ex at the time and we had gone to like this breakfast place. And as soon as I get up out of the car to stand up and and start walking out, Mm -hmm. um, the whole, like the middle part of my back to the lower, like where I feel my tailbone just spazzed up. Mm. You know, I've never gotten tased, but I think that's a pretty close, right? Like comparison. Yeah. Um, so I buckled really, really hard and I had to almost go down on a knee. And, you know, me again, me being super stubborn and not wanting to, you know, kind of ruin something that we were looking forward to for a while. I hadn't tried this breakfast spot, so I was really uh, psyched. And um, so I'm just like, you know, whatever, I'll walk it off. And I can't even walk properly at this point. Like people are noticing like, yo, like, yeah, you've got an injury going on. You're just not saying anything. Yeah. And so we sit down and it's one of those like um, those hard, small wooden uh, chairs. Um, mm. They weren't, re- I mean, restaurant style. Right, 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 right. And as soon as I sit down, the spasms get worse. And so every, every say minute or two, um, just another spasm, another spasm. And like I said, my ex at the time was just like, yo, something's up. Yeah. Like you're not, I couldn't even enjoy my meal because it was hurting so bad. Mm. And, you know, I let another five six hours go through of just constant spasms of like look the medication will help the medication will help uh up until about six or seven p.m in the evening um i just decided i'm like yo i need to go to san antonio hospital wasn't too far it was maybe like 10 minutes away Mm -hmm. um and they put me in the wheelchair and Obviously, they helped me out of the car. put me in the wheelchair. And at the time, it was the whole thing with, like, COVID. So, like, nobody could come in with me. So, now I'm wheeled into the lobby, still dealing with, you know, again, it keeps ramping up at intensity. It's not staying the same. It's not going down. It just keeps going up. So, I'm feeling worse as the minute goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it's a good half an hour of this before they admit me into a room. And I straight, the first thing I told the nurse, I was like, look. I'm not trying to sound like a wuss or anything, but like, do you get this often with bad back pain? And she's like, we see it all the time. She's like, it's nothing to make you feel like a wuss about like, you can't stand. So it's kind of like something serious is going on. Like you're not trying to be like a wuss or trying to, you know, downplay anything. Something's wrong. And so, um, it took, I think two or three morphine shots. Jesus. To start just relieving in intensity, not mm-hmm. getting rid of the pain, but just a little bit of relief. And then I want to say, so I was admitted maybe like 7, 7.30. I want to say I got back home like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, uh, maybe a little bit later. But when I got back home was finally when I just, I started to feel some, some relief from the shots or mm-hmm you know, from the care. I mean, shout out to San Antonio. They, they took uh, good care of me. Um, I know they were dealing with probably worse things, but yeah. they, the staff was really, really well to me. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then to walk properly, I think it was another three or four days at most, maybe a week just yeah. to walk under my own power. 
So that shifted me into, look, I know you want to look better and lose weight, but you can't do it with just lifting weights right now. Right. You got to change something up. You got to start something that you can handle, you know? So then I start by just saying, look, you know, I know how energy in and energy out works. You know, if I yeah. eat more and I don't move my body, I'm going to gain weight. If I eat less and move my body, I'm going to be in a deficit. And that's literally the mantra that I had in my head for the next like six months to a year. And, and you know, and my family, like I said, super supportive. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, I, again, I had never seen that side of life. I had never seen the the really fit or me feeling really confident about how I look. I n- never really saw that side of life. I only got bursts of it because when I did good catching, you know, or yeah. I played a really good game, mm-hmm. I had that burst of confidence, but it wouldn't last long. Right. I'm talking about like real raw confidence and I wanted that for once. And um, yeah, so I just basically watched what I was eating a little bit more. Didn't do anything too restrictive. It's not advised anyway. Right. Um, but just like I said, watched a little bit more what I was eating and then just made sure um, while I was coaching a travel ball team at the time, before practices started, I would run poles. Mm-hmm. So I'd run poles to get like my jog in. <laughs> Punch the <laughs> um, shit out of the boom. It's arm. like, yeah, dude, I'm, like, it vary with my hands when yeah. I talk. So, <laughs> no, you're yeah. Good. But um, yeah, so anyway, so before I would be in charge of the practices, I'd run poles. And it was a smaller field, so I'm not running on a high school or college field. It was mm-hmm. a pony field. So I'm like, right. cool, this is manageable. I can do five or six poles before I start practice, you know, get a little rush going before I coach the kids. And from there, I think after the two-month mark, one of my uh, one of my former coaches was like, hey, are you slimming down a little bit? And I'm like, you know what? I'm trying something different, just keeping it simple yeah, and see where it takes me. And he's like, all right. He's like, I can see it. You're slimming down a little bit. And that was the first time where it was like, okay, I'm just going to keep going with it. Right. right. Because I at least wanted to give myself two to three months. Yeah. And then you're, you're, the people are telling you like, there's a result, the results are coming. Right. Yeah. Right. And again, how often are we so short term goal oriented that yeah. we say, all right, I want to lose weight. But then after a month we're like, it ain't working. And it's like, yeah. you got to give yourself minimum two months. That's yeah. what I would say. 60 days Yeah. for you to see some slight change and other people will notice it first before you do. Yeah. Um, and then so, yeah, that's two, three months in. Uh, so basically, in total, I went from about 240 to 185, almost mm. dropped down to 180. Yeah. And that was just with doing a little bit of cardio throughout the week, running and watching what I was eating. Um, and then it, w- it had gotten to a point because then I kind of was starting to go back the other way of being too skinny. Right. Because I could tell because I still had an arm. I could still throw the ball hard and play pretty well but everything was starting to hurt a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the supportive muscle tissue right. to play consistently. Mm-hmm. So once I got down to 180, I was <clears throat> like, okay, cool. I'm skinny, but I still don't really have that yeah. confidence. You went, you went from one extreme to the other. Extreme, right. Yeah. Exactly. Which most people do if they're one way mm-hmm. for a good amount of their life, yeah. a long period of, of their life. Um, but I maintained around 190, but again, I still didn't have really that much muscle. I was just skinny. Yeah. Um, but uh, something that I was really proud of along the way in my journey was my sister at the time, she 
just got um, diagnosed with diabetes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a couple family members pass away from it. And at the time, I was maybe five or six months into my journey of just kind of being a little more fit and more mindful, changing my lifestyle. Yeah. But I had to come down hard on her because we saw what it did to our family members. Right. And I told her, I said, you're just, you, you have a reference, you have a mirror to look at, you know? And even if you didn't, you got to understand where you're headed. You're not headed in a good direction, mm -hmm. you know? And so fast forward to today, I think she's lost over 80 or 90 pounds. Wow. And the other day she was like, yo, she's like, if you didn't give me that straight up younger brother looking out for me kind of in with my health, the yeah. way that you, excuse me, the way that you were, she's like, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have been on the same track. Right. Probably would have been heavier, you know, but, but <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> no, you're it's good, that chip. no, it's funny. You mentioned diabetes. Cause like, like, uh, my, oh. my dad, my dad, uh, for a long time was uh, mm -hmm. diabetic. He, uh, a lot of bad eating habits and mm -hmm. stuff. And <clears throat> I mean, he let, he lived a long enough life. I guess he, he passed away and he was like 67, 68. Mm -hmm. He passed away in, uh, in, uh, 2017. And Sorry so like, that. no, you're good, man. And, and so, uh, uh, diabetes, you know, like I understand what you're, what you're talking about. Cause mm -hmm. it, it has a lot, you know, a lot to do with like the food you eat and all that. Mm -hmm. and, and, but it's like an insulin thing, you know? Right. You know? And like, like I know like right now my wife, she's doing a lot of like fasting mm -hmm. and she talks about like her insulin stuff. She's like, she's mm -hmm. like I don't want to spike. I don't want to get my insulin going or, mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, I don't understand it the way she understands it. Right. Um, but like, I understand what you're saying, man. Like, especially, uh, like with brothers and sisters, you have to give each other that like that tough love, you mm -hmm. know, and for in order for for like either side to like, like you know, open their eyes, right, and, right, you know, yeah, and it just it comes down to like, dude, I want to see you around for the next thirty, forty years, yeah, definitely, you know, and um, you know, we'll talk about it still to this day about like, I mean, she she turned it around, and I honestly like because if I'm really going to be honest, like we come from a family that loves our comfort zone, right? As I know most people do with certain mm -hmm. things, but we love just kind of staying in that same bubble. And it was kind of like in a way realizing and reflecting on it. Now I'm so happy that it, it kind of started with me and I kind of took my shit a little more serious with my health and with my yeah. fitness that it kind of resonated with a few other people. Yeah. And, but I didn't do it with the intent of like, oh, okay, I want to turn my whole family around. I did it for me yeah. in that way of like, I've never seen this side of life. I've yeah. always been, I fluctuated, but I've always been the chubby acne on the face. You know, it's kind of like not the best looking <clears throat> or the most fit. Yeah. I always worked hard, but again, I didn't have any knowledge with that stuff. Yeah. And so sitting here and saying like, yo, like I'm, I'm an asthmatic technically, and mm -hmm. I know I would use that as a crutch a lot too, but I'd still do my work. I'd still yeah. run. I wouldn't use it as an excuse. But now that I'm 26, running for a mile straight without stopping, that's something that the younger me would have been like, dude, you're never going to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, quit tripping. Mm -hmm. You know, that's never going to happen. But um, yeah, so when I, I stayed at 190 skinny for like, I would say another year, year and a half. And then I had reached out, like shout out to... Um, my friends, Devin and Raquel. So they're, uh, they're a few friends I had met from high school yeah. that I'd known. And we didn't talk for years, but one day I reached out to Devin and I was like, yo, like not, not necessarily yet for the fitness, but I knew he boxed. Yeah. And from the videos I saw, he, it looked like he boxed pretty well. Yeah. 
And I said, look, something I've always wanted to learn is just the basics of boxing. You yeah. know, don't don't overwhelm me with like seven combinations. Just tell me three or four punches, how to throw them properly, and I'll learn that. Yeah. And he was he was ecstatic. He was like, yeah, dude. He's like, um, let me know when you're free and we can learn the basics. And I did that for about a month, month and a half. Um, but he still checks up on me. He's like, how's your jab? How's your hook? How's yeah. your footwork? I'm like, yeah, I'm still trying to practice it. I know it took a little bit off for the holidays. Yeah. Still trying to practice it. Um, and then I had hit him up for um, the physical training, the weightlifting and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think boxing is cool. Uh, uh, there's a lot of carry. I think there's a lot of carryover to baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I've said I've said on the podcast before, like like if you just wail away at the heavy bag, like it's a lot of like core rot. If you do it properly, of course, like it's a lot of core core power, mm -hmm. rotational strength, right? Getting into into a heavy bag, you know, and then and that's just going at it without any technique, mm -hmm. you know. So if you're if you're doing it with with a lot of technique and just like focusing on proper uh, proper movement, basically, like you get those motor patterns and all that. Um, it, it, the carryover into baseball, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a seamless carryover, right? Mm. You know? And so do you think that, that, that has, uh, carried over well for you as a, now that you're playing again? Well, what's crazy, I think it did help in aspects of like the footwork, mm -hmm. like, cause I feel like my feet are the lightest they've ever been, yeah. um, with athletic movement. But what's crazy is that I was thinking about it the other day. It was like, you know, we were doing this drill, we were hitting the bag and he was telling me his tempo, what he would like me to do. Mm -hmm. So one, one, two, two, one, two, any combination that he was throwing, but he was calling out the tempo. He was calling out the rhythm. And the second that we said, okay, don't listen to me, go on your own tempo, go on your own rhythm. Mm -hmm. Everything, like every strike felt way better. Right. Everything with my footwork, with how I threw my punches felt so much better because I'm on my rhythm, on my tempo, not somebody else's. Right. And what I was somebody else's tempo, you have to react to it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why, when I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, that transitions so well into the life choices that I've made, mm -hmm. because it was very much like for the longest time I was living on somebody else's tempo, somebody else's rhythm, not being. I was so focused on being the right person instead of just being real. Right. And I feel like a lot of us fall into that trap, whether it's with a group or whether with it's one person. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and like I said, when I thought about the other day, it transitioned beautifully into like, like I said, the life choices that I've made the past year or so. Yeah. Nice. And so, so with all, all the stuff and you know, all your changes that you've been doing, uh, mm -hmm. you've, uh, we, we kind of like teased it earlier. Uh, you started pretty much your own business right. uh, in the world of baseball. <laughs> You know, yeah. as a, a essentially a coach, but would you label yourself label yourself a coach or or a trainer or so? Basically, all right, let's talk about uh, JRG training. Like, yeah. What what do you let let the world know? Yeah. So, um, again, this was uh, another uh, wholesome story. Uh, how it started is, I was so a couple months before I turned twenty five. Mm -hmm. I think it was like October, November. Um. I was really starting to build a good reputation with like the 10U and 11U team that we had at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, they liked the way I coached. I liked the way they played. And I also love the parents. Parents are a big part of it too. Um, all, if not most, all of the parents were really cool with me. And they love the way that I coach their kids. So, like I said, that October, November 
was when so I'll I can't remember yeah it was okay so it was David so the dad of the shortstop at the time who I was coaching you know if he was by the fence because he grew up playing uh, basketball he didn't know much about the sport of baseball but yeah. we still had uh, like I said with you and I or with anybody I'll have good life conversations yeah with. and that's how we bonded that's how we got closest mm-hmm. through life conversations yeah so one night after I was done conditioning the 11U team, you know, he pulled me over to the side and he was like, he was like, I've never seen that, bro. Like from any, from any sport, like basketball, football, or like baseball. He's like, I've never seen what you just did. And I was like, what do you mean? What did I just do? I'm coaching. <laughs> and he's like, you ran those kids into the ground as if you were a college, like division one coach. Mm-hmm. Like the way you condition them, he's like, that's how I used to condition. Right. But then right after you got down on, on a knee at their level and said, look, this is what I expect from you. And I expect certain things from each and every one of you. And then I expect things as a team on how we take the field and how we present ourselves. And he was like, dude, that's something that's hard to find because you'll get a lot of coaches who are just the I'm going to tell you what to do. And then like, if you ask me questions, I'll kind of be annoyed about it or just right. just listen to what I have to say. Right. Kind of like the authority thing. Yeah. Which I understand. Be respectful. But sometimes if you're just telling them what to do, telling them what to do all the time, like, you know, they're going to get tired yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when that was the first time where I was like, I mean, I appreciate it, but it's kind of like this is how I coach. Yeah. This is how I've gotten more comfortable with the teams and everything. And he's like, he's like, no, dude, I think that's why the kids resonate so well with you is because you can put them into the ground. But at the same time, you're picking them back up and you're saying, look, this part of your game is really good. And I love that. Yeah. But this part of your game needs work. And that's what I'm here. I'm here for both to maintain where you're at at a high level yeah. or the aspects of the game that you're really good at. But I'm also here to build up those other parts that aren't so good. Mm-hmm. And then again, going back to another parent um, uh, who had told me the same thing not too long after. And then around my birthday, when I turned 25, a little over a year ago was when I was like, OK, maybe it could be something. But again, I don't think you don't think much about it because it's kind of like, okay, whatever, I'll look into it, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that you really take seriously. And then as I start doing a little bit more private coaching on the side, I notice that my kids in a short amount of time, they pick up things really quickly, whether they're the most talented on the field or not so much, Mm -hmm. but they get better at their game in a short amount of time. And from then on out I started diving in more into the private coaching and you know with catchers starting out obviously with catchers yeah um and then some hitting but um then it got to a point of like okay well I pretty much have anywhere from seven to ten kids and I want to pursue this full-time because I'm 20 I'm 20 yeah I just turned 25 like when I was thinking about it right I was I just turned 25 you know, I don't have a family. I don't have any like mortgage, any big payment, right? Mm. I don't have any huge stress on my mind right now. So why not just pull the trigger and, and yeah. go for it? You can focus on building something. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm focused most of my energy, if not all, on building it. Mm. And then from, um, from, I would say, March or April of this past year up until now, it's just been nothing but full-time private coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then... It- <laughs> I think maybe people come, uh, well, the kids and the parents, they come, they keep coming back to you, uh, because you know, 
uh, what your uh, what your what your what your uh, your teaching, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it resonates with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just it's different. Like in a way, like 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 I said earlier, uh, uh, catchers are men of the people. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. so, so that 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 leadership quality is 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 obviously there, and so like like these things are gonna what what, what you're preaching to them, they're gonna stick with them for life, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so like I guess my next question would be like, what are some of the philosophies that that you teach your players, and some of the philosophies that you teach them that they these things have to carry over mm-hmm. into into the real world? Yeah, I mean, and like that's a great question too because. Once the lessons are done about baseball, Mm -hmm. if I have time, I'm talking to the parents and the kids about certain life lessons that I didn't make the the right decision at the time, Mm -hmm. or maybe I did, but either way, I learned from it. And so it depends on who I'm coaching, because obviously the life advice that I give an 11, 12, or 13-year-old is going to be different than the 17 and 18-year-old. It's like kind of two different worlds almost, you know? Yeah. So I think one of the main things that I tell my younger catchers is you know just with the vocal part because i know they're still so scared Mm -hmm. just practice being more assertive and vocal in a way around the house yeah because that's the thing that i big time that i see a problem is like they're afraid they don't and i get it they're still they're so young dude they can't process the situations that are going on especially in a game it's very like Catch the ball, block the ball, throw somebody out. You're right, especially in today's world, like we, hit, mm-hmm. uh, the youngsters, like they they have a lot more distractions mm-hmm. uh, with social media and screen time and all right. that stuff. So like, so so they're not really forced into the, these kinds of situations, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is which is why I feel like it's it's important to keep your kids and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Keep your kids, especially with the um like with with uh, with with what you're providing, you know, uh, you know, training, like the physical aspect, but also like the mental, the mental training, like, cause you're providing like, like that huge mentorship, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe like the father figure probably doesn't, doesn't have those qualities, you know, but mm-hmm. like they, they still want their kids to have that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, like I said, it's just based on the age that I'm coaching at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, my catchers are really good, especially some of my younger ones at the not complaining rule. Like they mm. just already know, like they're here to work, they're here to get better. And the second that I start, you know, hey, I complain here too because ah, something hurt or something was right. tweaked or whatever, right? You're getting tired. I understand. But it's, you know, again, if I keep hearing it, they, yeah. you know, but like I said, the catchers who I have, they've adopted that philosophy, whether it was just with me or that's their demeanor already. And right. then we just mesh well together. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, they're very good at just not complaining, taking the hits and learning from what I have to say. Yeah. And also too, another thing is like, like I told you earlier, I've only gotten better with age mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, yeah, my catching game was okay. It was decent. You know, nothing, like I said, stand out. Right. But I think from that 20, 21 year old year up until now, it has been kind of like, no, like I'm legit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you can say, you know, you know, it's like kind of like, oh yeah, you know, it sounds a little like, oh yeah, say you're legit or you're the shit, but it's right. kind of like, it's the work that I've put in. I'm not just sitting here and saying like, no, like just, I am the shit. It's like, yeah. no, I'm legit. I know I have a talent for the position and it's through the work that I've put in, especially I didn't slow down when I hit 21, 22, I wanted to ramp it up. And then I wanted to ramp it up even more at 24, 25, 26 years old from, you know, how yeah. long I can do this, you know? Yeah. So. No, definitely. And so, um, <laughs> it's funny. One of, one of the, uh, 
I know there's a lot of challenges that come up mm-hmm. with uh with with uh you know coaching your players and all that with the kids. Uh, you have to like learn how to read their body language and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like as uh with Major League Baseball, for example, like mm-hmm. it's getting very uh forward thinking, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh obviously, like it's been announced recently, like the the Robo Umps are coming, right? They're all yeah. coming to Triple A. They're all going to be in all Triple A parks. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so with the Robo Umps on their way. Uh, like what challenges do you foresee with with the Roboums and the the training that like you're providing? Because you know, like earlier we had talked about like the the art of being a catcher, mm-hmm. what it is, you know, framing and all that. And so once they get to the highest level, mm-hmm. all that kind of goes away. So so right. what, what what challenges do you maybe foresee moving forward? I think the biggest thing that I see is you take away the personality from the position. Because who else is really talking to the umpire or trying to or in that close proximity to the umpire other Mm -hmm. than the hitter? Yeah. So it's kind of like you use. okay. so, for example, even when I was younger, I didn't have as much confidence when I would step on the field and I knew I was catching again. That little burst of confidence would would come up and, you know, my personality would would kind of shine a little bit. And I thought about it in the way of like, I got to help out my pitchers any way I can. So if I can get my personality going and sweet talk the umpire and maybe get a few inches off the plate, whether it's high inside or outside, like yeah. I'm going to do it. And I have, I've had great conversations and relationships with umpires throughout the years. Yeah. And it's kind of like, if you have a robo like robot umpire, it's kind of like, okay, well now I feel like the position is a little more bland, you yeah. know? Cause again, we got to do a bunch of stuff. We got to be athletic. We got to be very mindful and aware of what's going on on the field and with our teammates. But a big part of it too, is the conversations that with the conversations I have with the guy behind me. Right. And that's kind of the first thing that comes to my mind is that there's a little bit of personality that's taken out of it. Right. So, yeah, no, I could definitely see, see all that, man. Like it's, uh, uh, I think it's going to be very challenging. There's going to be a lot of adaptation once, Mm -hmm. once it's like, I mean, obviously, you know, there's some of the minor leaguers are already experiencing all that. Like mm-hmm. the the, uh, to my understanding, like the challenge system that's going to be there. So, like, I think there's room for growth with that. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, uh, maybe like a challenge for you, for example, would be, uh, like like when as a catcher, like signal to your pitcher, like yo, challenge this shit, mm-hmm. challenge the fucking strike, like challenge mm-hmm. it, because I think it's only like the hitter and the pitcher that can challenge. Okay. All that stuff. Mm. So it's it's kind of, yeah, it's a little wonky in a way. Yeah. See, like with that new stuff that's coming out, like I told you, I haven't yeah. checked in the yeah. past two seasons, yeah. so it, I don't know what's it, going on with all that. And it takes away from the game, dude. Because mm-hmm. like like bad calls, like we've said it here before, like bad calls are part of the game. It's like as a fan, like as you know, you're watching the game and like the umpire blows a fucking call, and you're mm-hmm. like, like that's fucking horseshit, blue. Mm-hmm. Like like it, it uh, you invest more of yourself into watching the game mm-hmm. and all that, you know. So yeah. so I think. I think like the whole robo ship like it's it's gonna take it's gonna take away mm-hmm. so much yeah so much from from a lot of people do the, the catchers mm-hmm. hitters everybody man everybody's gonna be affected and it kind of sucks kind of sucks because like yeah. we've all we've all grown up everybody listening to this like we've all grown up like the with like a, like the super traditional form of baseball mm-hmm. and like little by little we've seen it transition like now we're getting the bigger bases and all that crap yeah. um and but I think that's just like, again, like anything that translates into a game, you can translate it into life. It's like, 
I don't want everything perfect. I don't want exactly. everything spot on. I want mm. mistakes. I yeah. want someone to make a mistake to me and I want to make a mistake to someone else because mm. that's how I'm going to get better. Yeah. And, and, I don't want and, this weird illusion of perfection. Yeah. You know? and, and that's what makes life dope, dude, is mm. like life isn't perfect. And that's what's dope about it. Mm. You know, you know, of course, like, yeah, maybe like like some aspects of life you want you want it to be like, like super shiny and sure. dope and perfect and all that. But. But for the most part, like, then life would just be boring, man. Like, yeah. we're just here just living, just taking up space. There wouldn't bring... be really much of a challenge, to be honest. Exactly. So, you yeah. know, and I think a lot of it just boils down to, like, like what's the challenge? What's the next challenge? What's mm-hmm. the next challenge? You know? Um, just a kind of a lighthearted question. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who's going to be dusting off home plate? <laughs> who's going to be dusting off? Okay, so what do they, like, what do they mean by, like... Oh, like, who's going to dust off home plate? Like, what's, like, what's the robo-umps are here? Yeah, well, yeah, that's true, <laughs> honestly. Um, I mean, I'll do it, but if they give me, like, a dope brush that the umpires use, like, I think that'd be pretty cool. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want... I don't want to use my... Keep using my glove. Like, yeah. you know, if I'm, if you give me a legit brush, like, I'm down to do it. Like, I'll be like, cool, if I got a cool... That's actually a, a cool memento that I have in, uh, like, a box somewhere is that um, I built a relationship with an umpire for like a whole year back mm-hmm. when I was like 14, 15 years mm-hmm. old and he was leaving out of state. He was moving. Mm-hmm. He was going, I think back East where he was from. Cause he'd been in California for close to a decade. And he said, Hey, you're one of the best young catchers I've ever seen. Like not only that, you're one of the best personalities who I've ever worked with right. and you're so young dude. And you know, I was like, no, it's just, you know, I appreciate it. I'm just playing my game and you have a great strike zone and you're very friendly. And he left me with uh, the brush that he used, and so I have it mm. like in a box somewhere. And That's I was like, "This is one of the best umpires that I ever worked with." Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you got to put that in your frame, man. Oh, put, dude, put yeah. That in your frame, I, yeah, because I think he actually—that's that, a unique gift. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I think he actually <laughs> went back east to umpire uh, single A and double A. Oh, okay. I think yeah, if I remember correctly, he wasn't going back just to kind of like retire. Right. Um, I think he was going back because he. I don't know how the like the umpire union works. I really don't, mm. but I think he was getting like almost like his version of a tryout where if he did good in like a tournament, then they would look at him for like, okay, some major league organization, yeah. the lower end, you know? Yeah. So yeah, dude, that's pretty cool. Dude. Like, like obviously, uh, for, for like us and the world that we live in, which is, you know, the, the universe of baseball, mm-hmm. like some of the best things that we develop is relationships, right? We develop mm-hmm. relationships with, for you, like, especially that, that's a unique one. Like right. developed a relationship with the umpire, gave you the brush and stuff. You know, like our teammates, like they become some of our best friends and some mm-hmm. of our, you know, some of our best and worst memories mm-hmm. come through baseball, you mm-hmm. know, like. Yeah. And then uh, also, too, before I forget, shout out to uh, the Fontana Marlins and the Sun Devils. Uh-huh. They've actually been following me and my training page like from the beginning. Yeah. So I just wanted I think they were the first two like teams to actually kind of like follow yeah. some of my stuff. I'm just trying to remember some of the shout outs that I yeah. wanted to. But yeah, I yeah, know they've been following me for a while and I have a have a an old high school teammate who plays on the on the Sun Devils that he's always been oh, cool okay. with me. So yeah, saw him today. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys played each other today. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Tropic yeah. Sun Devils. Like, you guys, uh, you guys lost by big, a yeah. big margin. Yeah, we got into it a little bit before this, but yeah, <laughs> it, it happens. It happens, man. You can't you can't win them all. Dude. Yeah. And so like like with the relationships that you've that you've built throughout uh you know everything that we've talked about in your journey and all that, um obviously there's been folks that have helped you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, transition into what you're doing now. Like, mm-hmm. so that you've had a lot of support. So, like, uh, you know, talk about some of the people that have helped, you know, helped you build what you build and 
supported you throughout your 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 uh, what you're building. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd love to because you know the the Rancho Fontana community, especially around the little leagues and travel ball, mm-hmm. like some of the best families I've ever met, hands down. You know, and you know going back. So if we're gonna rewind a little bit, you know, it was kind of like how we ended up in Fontana was kind of like a you know probably one of the most stressful situations you could be in yeah um so at the time I was still just starting out the private sessions and you know one morning I think my mom had um said like oh hey like I want to talk to you and your sisters and I was like you know okay usually you know how it is like with that tone yeah you know something's not not well so you know, she, she basically lays out like, look, we got two months, um, but we got to move out, you know, life happens. And I guess it wouldn't have freaked us out as much if the market was okay, but you know how it is. Mm -hmm. And especially for a year ago, how, how bad it was, you know I mean? Even still right now, you know, so so yeah, a month goes by and still no luck and still trying to do my lessons. And honestly, it provided a, a good distraction for me because what was I thinking about when I wasn't coaching privately or thinking about my fitness and, and all that stuff? It was, okay, well, are we actually not going to have a house or like, you yeah. know, what's the situation? Yeah, you know, you, it's you, lo- go, you go into survival mode. Right, yeah. right. It's, it's, that's exactly how it felt because it was just looming over us. It was yeah. heavy, you know, so... It was, I th- I would say, like two to three weeks before the actual deadline where we just had to get up and get out was when I had reached out to a mom who had coached her sons for a little bit. But what's crazy is um, her name's Tanya. It's the Tapia, Tapia family. And Tanya was the very first parent to say like, hey, why don't you do something? I know we had talked about David earlier about like the coaching style. Mm-hmm. But like a month or two before, Tanya was like, look, you have a great personality. You're a great coach. They resonate well with you. Why don't you just give it a shot? And we had talked about it a few times before, but, you know, we follow each other on Instagram and we had talked not too long ago. And she was like, she was like, it's awesome what you've done from when we were just talking about it on the stand, the stands or the sidelines to what you have now. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I reached out to her and she had a friend, uh, Gabby, who's a realtor in the area. And I said, look, something's better than nothing at this point. Right. You know, it, we're starting to sweat. We're starting to freak out, you know, like pretty bad. So, um, we, I get into contact with her after I'm done coaching a private session, I'm driving home and, um, I call Gabby and, you know, super friendly, uh, super talkative, but everybody loves her. That's just how she is. And we start to kind of get to know each other, like warm up to each other. And it turns out her son was on the team that I was actually helping out over at Vineyard. So immediately there's that bridge that kind of, you know, connected us in a way. And she was automatically even more warmed up to me. Yeah. You know, she's like, oh, my God, like my son Adrian loves playing baseball. He loves the team that he's on, you know, great family, great teammates. And I said, oh, yeah, I just started working with them around Vineyard, trying to get private sessions Mm in. And so she goes, hey. Like, if you guys are ready, like, you and your mom's boyfriend could come up and check out the house. And I'm like, dude, this is farther than I've gotten in my last four or five attempts. Like, right. thank you so much. I really appreciate that gesture. And an hour or so later, we go up together. 
and um, we meet her at the property and again, super humble, super sweet. And we're about 15, 20 minutes into the tour. She's telling us the basic layout, the yard, like square footage, all that stuff. Right. And then she goes, yeah. So if you guys want, like you guys can just move in. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, well, I'm sorry. Like, no, did you actually like, is that what you said? And she was like, no, yeah. If you guys are, if this works out for you guys, you can move in three days before she was going to post it on. What are those like, um, those real estate websites? Uh, what is it like Zillow? Zillow. Yeah. Zillow. Yeah. So she was basically three days away from posting it and just Mm -hmm. letting it be like, okay, whoever puts in the best bid can take the house. And she just was like, look, you've told me your situation. Mm -hmm. Um, your fan, you and your family seem great. So like, I'd rather, she felt more comfortable giving it to someone who she felt a little bit warmer about, especially like being around this community and coaching this community than kind of just letting it go to whoever. Yeah. And so that's where I really was like, yo, like you can't make this stuff up because I barely met you today, but because you're just trying to be so helpful in your community, you don't know what you've done for me and my family. Right. You know? So that, that was, that was pretty trippy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a beautiful thing, man. When, when, uh, the community had come together, you know, and I know we got our community here mm-hmm. in, the, in yeah. the Sunday leagues, man. Great community. Definitely dude. And like, shout out to everybody that, that, uh, that, you know, support supports the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, uh, uh, it's built up little by little, mm-hmm. you know, brick, by, brick by brick type of thing. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it really trips me out, man. Cause like, I know today somebody walked up to me earlier. I was at one of the games and uh, uh, the dude's name is Alex. He he introduced himself. Uh, uh, I want to say he's the head coach of the uh, of the Yankees. I know he plays on the Yankees. I'm not sure if he's the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was like, "Hey, you you guys do the podcast, right?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "Oh," and so kind of like 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 I had to step back for a second, just for mm-hmm. a second, because it kind of caught me off guard. Because I was in like I was in media mode, dude. I was right. like, recording videos and shit. Yeah, you were in it. Yeah, dude. And, uh, so like the biggest thing is like the the, the building the community is important, you know. And mm-hmm. like for you. Um, you, you, you're, you're, you're still building your community, you right. know, like it's not, it's not at, at its peak yet, right. you know, it will be. And so like with building your community, you've, you've come across like, like, uh, different families, you know? Mm. So, uh, they helped you, uh, with, you know, uh, for a spot to move into, um, uh, the, the, was it the, uh, uh, I'm kind of losing my train of thought the uh no, the i have the notes written down right the vineyard community families that yeah, have, yeah. like helped support you and all that right and also like uh for for the merch that you guys have that, that you've created you know oh for, yeah so so with that family it was yeah. actually another little bit of a, a a wholesome story of um so back again when i was going uh, or when i was coaching sorry to coaching the travel ball program at the mm-hmm. time uh, there's a kid who I met, uh, Jeremy, and first impression was, dude, he's just a gamer. He's right. not, he's not the biggest, tallest, or strongest, but he's athletic. And the work ethic that I saw him put day in and day out resonated well with me. And I think that's why, you know, we resonated so well when I coached his team, practices or games. But um, so. Little uh, going back to that wholesome story, it's like okay, so one day when I was packing up my gear, ready to go home, I'd done. I, usually the practices were like four thirty to eight thirty, mm-hmm. um, and at the time I was working a job earlier, so I was working twelve to fourteen hours, 
Um, but just knowing that it would pay off. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. with that mindset, I didn't mm-hmm. care. I knew it was going to pay off in the yeah. long run. And so this guy comes up to me and I didn't know it was his dad. He just comes up to me and he's like, Hey coach. And I was like, Oh, Hey sir, how you doing? And he goes, dude, my son loves coming out here and seeing you on the field. He was like, he was so kind of like bummed out. I had missed a practice a couple of weeks before. And he's like, dude, he was, he was honestly bummed out. Right. Um, because he loves your style and he loves, you know, he just loves the way that you coach and resonate with him and the other kids. Right. Yeah. So he comes up to me, shakes my hand and he's like, no, he's like, keep it up. He's like, you're doing something right. You know, yeah. you're, you're just doing something right. Fast forward almost a year later, mm-hmm. I want to say. I do a lot of my lessons at Day Creek and like Rancho Summit, pretty local, right? Yeah. I don't have to drive far. Yeah. Um, which is a blessing too. But um, so I see him one morning at Day Creek and I'm like, Jeremy? And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, what's up, coach? And um, I didn't know his dad's name at the time, but you know, it was Steve. And we were talking and he's like, yeah, he's like, we remember you. He's like, how you doing? I was like, dude, I'm doing well. Um, really hitting it hard with the private coaching now, just kind of saying screw it and seeing where it goes. Yeah. And he goes, you know, what's funny. He's like, my wife, my wife was right the whole time because um, his mom had come out to watch a couple practices. And um, his, his, uh, his mom had come out and said like, after the practices, I think they had talked about it back home one night. Right. And they said, why doesn't Coach Junior like do his own thing? Like yeah. coach privately. Yeah. And she was saying that two to three months before I had even really had like my first full week of private lessons. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, dude, we're so happy that you decided to take it full time. He's like, you know, it seems like you're doing well. Um and like I said, we always resonated well with you and Jeremy also did with, you know, the time over at the academy that you were coaching at. And so turns out like we're, we're talking like I coach him for like a month or so. Right. And um, Steve's a great guy. We had great conversations. Something comes up about merchandise because I threw it out there. I said, you know, it'd be cool one day, like just merchandise. Yeah. He goes, yeah, well, you know, what's funny. My daughter does that. So just like ask her i was like yeah. i was like oh okay well that was fast yeah um and so it was it literally was like i told him i said yeah one day maybe but yeah. he goes well my daughter does that like hit her up like we'll hook you up dude yeah. and i was like okay so then it, it, another two months go by and you know i'm like eh, i'm like kind of still debating on it maybe i mm. want to maybe i don't and then all of a sudden i I call him one day after a lesson. I said, look, there's local teams that actually want me to coach their catchers. Yeah. And I'm like, again, another blessing. You know, I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And he's like, dude, that's awesome. He's like, you're starting to build more and more momentum. Yeah. And so then one day when I coached Jeremy, I think it was, I have him on Wednesdays. Um, I'm coaching him. I'm about to coach him. And Jeremy comes walking up wearing the JRG dry fit shirt. Oh, shit. And it took me a second. Cause I'm like, yo, nice shirt. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, was yeah. Like, and I was like, I was like, yeah, nice shirt. And I was like, okay, hold on. And then I see that his dad comes up with, uh, my shirt. Right. And I was like, dude, no way. He's like, yeah. you guys are awesome. Like that was, that was such a cool feeling. Like, yeah, I would, I would love to replay that feeling over yeah. and over again because like I said, just like that, he got off the phone. He told me he got off the phone when I was done telling him, like, hey, local teams want me to coach their catchers. Yeah. 
And he said, look, we got to make it happen for this guy. Yeah. And literally from shirts to, so now we have shirts, polos, hats, and sweaters. And all within a span of like maybe two or three months. Mm. And like I said, a huge shout out to the Mejia family because they have always been, they've been one of my biggest supporters in the community of like, do keep doing your thing, keep building because, you know, you're something special, at least when it comes to the coaching community around here. So really appreciate them and all their work that they've done for me. Yeah, no, definitely, man. And, you know, shout shout out to the Mejia family and, and, you know, Steve, I mean, he just took the initiative and just Mm -hmm. like, yo, told his daughter, like, make this shirt. Yeah. Make sure it's like a roller with it or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> so, I mean, it, everything that we've talked about so far, right? right. Like, we, 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 all the challenges you've, you've gone through life, we've mm. talked about food and all that shit. And, but, that's, and that's the thing, too, is that we've gone through kind of some of the easier challenges. Like, mm. the thing is, is like reflecting back on a certain period of my life, it's like, no, it was, there was a patch where it was pretty rough. Mm. And, it was kind of like one of those things where I was just in my own constant cycle of like nothing's going well given the environment and situation that I'm in. Yeah. But no, yeah, like I said, it's it's been like I said, the past couple of years have been wholesome. Yeah. Um but yeah, so So definitely do that. Like I've 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 seen like I, I, I can tell that you've you've grown a lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously I haven't known you as long as probably would have been cooler to know you a lot longer. Right. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you not. ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so like all these challenges have kind of brought you to like one, one focal point where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're ready to take on a new challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, we've on the side, like in private, we've been, we've been talking about it, like bouncing ideas that you've, that you've considered, right. You know, uh, ask for my thoughts on and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, you're ready to hop into, uh, I guess the content game. I don't, I, I, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that, and that ties in pretty well with some of the life coaching that I eventually yeah. want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was maybe like a month or two ago, again, just throwing it out there in the yeah. wind, just saying, you know, and again, I have to give you guys a lot of credit too, because again, going back to, the community you guys have built around this podcast mm-hmm. and back when I saw uh, Fitz make nosebleed nosebleed yep. baseball you know it it was kind of like one of those things where it's like again I could never do that I could never do video I could never do audio again just placing myself in a box of like you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna be that guy yeah well about like I say like a month uh, a month month and a half ago I just said look you know the people who I talk to about certain life issues and life development or personal character development, whatever you call it, just being better as you get older. Um, I have a good community that I can build off of and a lot of experience in that. I mean, I'm only 26, but so like, for example, the friend who I had on, he's, I want to say almost twice my age, but one of the greatest things I've heard in, in a while was him say, like, look, dude, I've been through so much. He's been through way worse things than I have or what most people go through, just given the way he, he grew up. Yeah. But he said, dude, from seeing you from 18 years old, how you were, how you looked, how you carried yourself, what you were going through to, like I said, the 26 year old you that I'm seeing right now. He's like, dude, you're one of my heroes. Yeah. And that really that's where it was kind of like, you know, it. it it struck a little deeper yeah. than it normally would have because like I told you, I don't stop to, I don't stop to pat myself on the back. I just keep going right. kind of like cool another day. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so, and you actually helped me with the name. <laughs> so I'm doing a, I'm doing a video, kind of a video interview style, mm-hmm. but eventually I want to make it into a podcast, save the audio files and just put it up on Spotify or wherever people listen to yeah. um, their podcast or their music. And it's going to be called the honest archetype. And like I said, I was really going back and forth with three or four names that I was trying to come up with that yeah. resonated with me. And like I said, my lifestyle the past three, four years. And, uh, you know, you you really helped me pick that pick that out because I think the, what the honest archetype is supposed to stand for is like the video interview and the podcast is that, look, you're not going to be one style of person you're not going to be always a bad person you're not always going to be a negative person i mean yes there are assholes in the community i get it but most people fluctuate between okay for a certain period of my life i was pretty i was pretty negative or i was pretty you know just for lack of a better word i was i was an asshole to the people around me mm-hmm. or my friends and then you go through this phase of like you know you you have this like, okay, well, I'm a little less selfless and I'm actually putting my friends and family in a way first or not thinking always about just what's best for me. You know, we, cause like I said, we fluctuate so much where, yeah. and that's like how I told you we're the villain, the snitch, the coward, the hero. We just fluctuate like that. That's right. just how it is. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not always going to be just one thing. Mm-hmm. And that resonated so well with me reflecting on again, the, the 15 year old to 26 year old, this 10 year gap of how I've changed so much and the habits I've created and the habits I've dropped. Yeah. And there's, you said there's so much more. I I could have like a three to four hour conversation of just that 10 year gap. Right. But you know, again, it's not necessarily the time and place. Like I said, we've touched on it, but not yet to get into detail about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm kind of building the honest archetype because the interview that I had last night with the family friend was, dude, it was raw. Like it was yeah. some real tough stuff. Like I said, he opened up to me about some things that he didn't open up to his family with or to his friends or anybody. Mm. And that's what I want it to be about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like it's going to be very uh, authentic, you know? And I right. think that, that, that's what a lot of people, uh, a lot of people like that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. re- relatability, authenticity, and all that stuff. So, uh, I, I myself, am, I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. And the, uh, and you know, to be to be open about some stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I know around the time that like you and I, you know, had our bro date or whatever. Right. Like all the stuff that we're talking about, like like uh, some a lot of the stuff that you said, like it was real. Uh, how can I put it? I guess you could say that like, like I was at a point like as far as like the podcast and all mm-hmm. the shit that we're doing is concerned. Like I was at a point where like I was teeter tottering like like am I done or mm-hmm. like I wasn't sure like do I want to keep doing this shit or not? Mm-hmm. You know, because because, uh, you know, some stuff stuff happens, you know, and it's yeah. like, like you start thinking you're like, like, I don't know. I, I got some shit to think about, you know, and, and, and like I can honestly say like like conversation the conversations that we were having and mm-hmm. stuff at the at, at the baseball game i don't even remember what happened this happened yeah. at this game honestly dude, like, like i don't even remember the game i just remember yeah. some of our like the highlights of our conversation definitely you know? dude and so like like you know i can honestly say that i was i was uh, uh definitely inspired to just like like continue forward mm-hmm. you know because the, the the point the point is it's like like you're gonna get this challenge you're gonna get challenged with this you're gonna get challenged with that mm-hmm. you know and 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 i think i think the main the main focus is like 
just keep pushing forward, man. Like mm-hmm. one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. regardless of what's, what's getting thrown at you. Because mm-hmm. I think uh, at the end of the day, like what a lot of people can respect is, is, is somebody's uh, consistency. Right. Consistency. And like, like it's, it's kind of cliche, like to reference a movie, but mm-hmm. in the movie, uh, it's the, one of the last, like when Rocky's already retired, I think right. it's Rocky six or Rocky seven. I think it's one of those. It's Rocky, one of it's, those. Yeah. It's Balboa, whichever one's Balboa. Right. And he like makes the comeback. He's like, it's how much you can keep getting hit and still keep moving forward or whatever. Or getting back up. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. However he said it, dude. But it's like, like, I mean, with that, with cliches, it's like how many people throw it around. But like when you look at their lifestyle, they don't actually take it serious. Like they throw it around at other people, Mm -hmm. but they never actually look at how they're living their life. Yeah. And one of the big things that I think I was talking to you about at that game was I honestly decided to drop drop all the labels, drop all the identities that either people had put on me or like I put on like through thinking, like Mm -hmm. just, you know, the labels that I put on myself Mm -hmm. and it was like a clean slate. I just at 24, 25 years old, I was like, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be a different person, not a drastic change, obviously, because again, I was thinking short term, but it was like, okay, if I could just be a little bit better in six months, I'll just keep going. But it happened in three months. So I was more ecstatic of like, Okay, well, I am a little bit better than I was yeah. three months ago, so now I want to keep going. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you when you start at the gym, and when you really start to get into that routine, it's yeah. like now I gotta go. Yeah. You know, I prefer to go now. Yeah. You know, so. and, and like your next challenge is gonna be like like when you when you hit some sort of plateau, mm-hmm. that that's where you're gonna really see like like what you're made of as far as like like the current challenge is concerned, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um. But uh, as far as the show is concerned, like earlier you were talking about uh, uh, Coach McGee. Is he he somebody that you're you're considering to have have on? Yeah, I think so. I think I I honestly, again, going back to, you know, the Instagram post about the food, how I was surprised how many people got back to me. Yeah. It was one of those things where I had reached out and I said, look, I'm starting like a video interview. Mm -hmm. If you want to come on and talk to me for like 45 minutes or an hour, like you're more than welcome to. And set in stone i already have seven people nice and it was like i was thinking two to five at best yeah and it was kind of like but for sure i was thinking two or three and then mm-hmm. okay well who do i ask but yeah it's set in stone pretty much in the schedule is like six or seven and then already a couple maybe so it's closer to 10 yeah and i barely filmed my first episode yesterday right last night yeah you know so it's kind of like again going back to the community i wasn't expecting yeah, that to happen, and, and I think that it has a lot. Uh, 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 it says a lot about who you are, mm-hmm. and and what those around you uh, think about you, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, there's you talk to them about like, yo, I I, I want to do this and this and this, and it's it's a positive thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when when it's some shit that's negative and selfish, people are like, whatever, dude. Like, go yeah. do whatever you're gonna Just do. Just do your thing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but it, obviously it's 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 not that way. You know, it's not mm-hmm. coming across that way by any means. Um, is there is there anybody that you uh, have your eyes focused on? Like I have to have this person on, like uh, the white. I guess we call it the white whale. So we've called the white whale before. Well, for a time you could have called me that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a phase wow. in my life where I think, yeah, that was pretty much how someone would describe me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Too funny, man. Um, no, because I think right now it's like, okay, maybe when I, when I, you know, sit down and reflect and actually think about that, yeah, then maybe, 
But honestly, dude, the first six, seven people, like I said, have scheduled are pretty interesting. Like, for example, so I'm going to have uh, John Lane on next in a couple weeks. Mm. And, you know, he, dude, he was super, he was super psyched. He's always kind of been like another uh, baseball dad. You know, it's like, yeah. he's a, at this point, he's like the community baseball dad, right? Uh, yeah. In yeah, I would say so. I mean, and like when we had him on, um, I, I think, uh, I think a part two is overdue. Uh, yeah. with, with him because uh, we, sure. we we talked a lot of, like Sunday League ball right and mm-hmm. but um, when we were off mic like we were doing like cup check and, and like, yeah, talking yeah. like before and all that stuff uh-huh. um, like there was a lot of shit that we talked about that's like 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 this is a real life shit right here dude yeah you know and it's like it kind of just comes back to like 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 people in general like like you don't know really what's going on with them mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, uh, and so like a lot of stuff he was talking about off the mic it was like like damn like that's the kind of shit that a lot of people can relate to yeah you know so hopefully like you know later on down the road it's something that we get into but i i i think i think more more for for what you're gonna do i mm-hmm. think something like that fits more for for your your uh the content that you're gonna put out yeah and for sure and that's what we had we had one of those life conversations after the game today mm-hmm. um and yeah so like i'm gonna have him on in a couple weeks, he's got to get back to me with the schedule. But the third person who I'm trying to have on, so this was pretty interesting. It was a, a mom I had met through uh, Vineyard. Her name's Ashley. And, you know, without knowing any background information, where she came from, what she did, like, I would say she's one of the sweetest moms I've ever met. Yeah. Well, it turns out she was a Laker girl back when Kobe was playing. Oh, wow. And she was in a couple infomercials. Mm-hmm. And so she was like the highest level of what a dancer could reach. But right. what made me in, what made me more interested in about her is that she straight up told me, she's like, look, that lifestyle didn't resonate with me. Like I loved right. dancing. I didn't love the, the little bit of fame that she would get dancing right. for the Lakers or from being <laughs> on infomercials. Like, right. And it was kind of like, and if you, if you asked her, bro, like she would straight up be like one of, the biggest achievements of my life is being trying to be a good wife and being a good mom. Mm-hmm. And that's what struck me as interesting because how many would have just been like, Oh, she's probably, you know how to sleeping around or just chasing the fame or uh, all this other stuff. Right. Right. But she was like, no, she's like, honestly, junior. She's like, that didn't resonate with me. Yeah. And I was like, I never would have thought of that coming from a former Laker girl dancer Laker you know girl, yeah. yeah yeah i mean you would assume that like a Laker girl is gonna she knows what she's getting herself into right exactly yeah but at the same time like sometimes you got to make that money man like, right you know? no yeah and, and again and obviously some other things that we talked about um with our childhood childhoods mm-hmm. growing up yeah but that was one of the things that resonated well with me because it was kind of like you didn't chase what most of us would have chased right you chose something a little bit different yeah so i appreciated that definitely um so with honest archetype like how often are you uh what's your intention of how often you're gonna put out i mean honestly like shout out to my younger sister Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's been a trooper through this she's the person that i would say is gonna she's always just that adventurous type so if i say i'm doing something or i'm going somewhere if she obviously doesn't have anything scheduled or she doesn't have anything going on like she's right there with me she's like like Mm -hmm. i said we're two three years apart but it's almost like if we're if we're twins and she is doing the video and editing and she hadn't, she, this is her first time editing video. Yeah. But she sees how passionate I am about, okay, well the photography with the business, like how we did that photo shoot with my friend, Natalie, mm-hmm. she was super psyched to do it with me and her photos came out great. And she's really only been doing that kind of photography 
I want to say maybe a year. Yeah. If that she's working on building her own website, uh, I think this year, but, um, she just was like, look, you, I know you're passionate about this and I see how into it you are. So I want to help you out any way I can. Yeah. And she's just diving into it. And I told her, look, for right now, I'm not expecting some high quality stuff. I'm right. expecting, you know, just how, how we are. Like, you know, yeah. it's what we're working with. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's funny how we how we did the lighting was, it's like this where there's four bright lights uh-huh. and it's too direct. Right. So what we did, I was like, okay, well maybe we could block out like two of the lights to make it better. <laughs> so what I did is I grabbed a black electrical tape. Dude, my, my nerd is kicking in. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I grabbed a pieces of black electrical okay. tape okay. and I, covered it with a piece of paper mm. and i dimmed out the two front lights okay so when you walk into the loft area right now you'll look up and you'll like there's piece of paper right, blocking right. the blocking yeah. lights and actually it turned out really well it's movie I, magic yeah, yeah. like i said working with the budget that we have you yeah. know but um anyway uh going back to your question it's basically a matter of how often my sister can edit the video because mm-hmm. i don't want to overwhelm her she's not going to edit something that's two three hours long Right. If she has the equipment for it, cool. Yeah, we'll try yeah. it. But at most, it'll be 45 to an hour. And, you know, like I said, this is her first time editing. But like I said, she's into it. And I appreciate her for everything she's done. Yeah. And my family in general, super supportive with everything. And even friends. You know, I have plenty of friends who I haven't shouted out just because it's just, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not trying to take it for granted. But there's so many people who I know have my back right now. And yeah. they know I have theirs. Just mm-hmm. from what I've built. Um, but yeah, uh, probably once every few weeks. If she can edit down a little bit sooner, then like I said, I want to get the interviews done. I at least want to do an interview once a month, mm-hmm. if not twice a month. Yeah. So like I said, I'll have John Lane in February and probably Ashley in March. And again, with time, more equipment, better editing software, try yeah. to shoot for two, three times a month. Yeah. But yeah pretty much it and and definitely the, the the title i think is very uh it it's very masculine very masculine uh it's not it's not soft. i appreciate that yeah it's, it's not, not it's not soft dude it's it, not it, boyish it's not boyish it's not childish <laughs> like it doesn't sound immature it's mm-hmm. like it, it implies like 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 we're gonna talk serious and right some serious shit that's about right. to it's not about. some slapdick stuff definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that i love that shit no and and like i told you earlier the way that you thought about the names and how you broke it down was literally the exact same way i broke down each name that i was going through with my head yeah and once you said yo honest archetype sounds the best for da 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 whatever reason yeah i was like all right it's sealed because i got boski's opinion on it so <laughs> it's set I, in stone I now i appreciate that man mm-hmm. like it means a lot dude for real um so yeah, man. Is is there anybody that you want to shout out or before we before we get into our little wrap it up segment? I want to get oh, into okay, our yeah, sa- yeah. our sound off Sundays and all yeah. that stuff, you know, because because uh, sometimes to get like a different opinion, like which you know I'm referring to your opinion. Like, yeah, yeah. I also have ask a catcher. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have, I have I some ask like a catcher. Yeah. Uh, let me see. And I do have uh, I I'll have two closing questions for you at okay. the end. Um, but yeah, if if you want to get shout out anybody before uh-huh. we before we move on. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, friends-wise, I've got a couple. I've got, uh, like I said, my buddy Oaks. Um, he was actually an older kid who wow. I had coached the eighteen, like the seventeen, eighteen U team, mm-hmm. and we just kind of bonded through like golfing a little bit more and hanging out. But what's different about him at his age is that he's taking work 
more serious than any 19, 20-year-old that I know. Right. Because he's playing the 15, 20-year game. How okay. many 20-year-olds you know that are like, no, I'm playing this for the long haul? Right. What do most 20-year-olds do? Party and drink. Do stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever it is. Stupid, it's dumbass some, shit. It's yeah. something stupid. And I'm not yeah. saying like he's like this 35-year-old, 40-year-old trapped in a 20-year-old's body right. to an extent, yeah. yeah. But I've never seen a guy his age take work so seriously and play the long game. Yeah. Like I told him straight up the other day, I was like, dude, I wish I played that long game when I was your yeah. age. I'm playing it now at 25, 26 years old. Dude, I'm playing it now at 38 years old. Yeah, I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's wild. It, it trips me out. Like, like I got 12 years on you, dude. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like I'm, I'm learning shit from you, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's pretty cool, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like I said, off the top of my head, I know I got plenty of friends and family, um, it's just hard to remember them all because again, it's, I'm at that point where it's like, I see faces and I hang out, interact with people. And it's Mm -hmm. like, again, I know that they have my back and I know that, you know, I have theirs. It's, there's no hesitation really. And, you know, again, going back to the families, you know, uh, especially with the rain the past couple of weeks, they Mm -hmm. know that I haven't had as many lessons as I, as I normally do. Right. And it's one of those things where the families will be like, Without hesitation, they'll give me 30, 40, 30 to 40 bucks more than what I normally charge. Right. They're kind of like, here, just take $100 because right. it's been raining. I know you're just still, this is all you do, and this is your business. This is your life source. So it's it's so cool to see that. And I'm like, I, again, it's, it's, it's flat. I don't ask for whatever reason. Nothing changes. I get it. It's firm, right? Mm-hmm. But to have these parents just say, hey, we know what you're doing. Yeah. Here, I hope this helps at least for this week. Um, again, like I said, shout out to my brother, Shay. He's always been there. I've, yeah. We've known each other 15 years now, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, shout out to him. Shout out to everyone in the baseball, uh, Sunday, Sunday league baseball community, whether I know you or not. Yeah. Um, they will. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. But, um, no shout out, keep doing your thing. Um, but just, yeah, like I said, it's right now it's just hard because I've got so many, it's kind of just like, yeah. you know, I could <laughs> sit here for another 10, 15 minutes yeah, and for, shout out people. Yeah, dude, for sure. I know it's the same for us. Like, we could just, like, with Sunday League, the podcast, it's, we can shout out just a million bazillion people, dude. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Like, all the people that, like, we've interacted with and, like, mm-hmm. conversations conversations I've had with people privately and all that. It's, it's, uh, it, it, there's a lot more into things that, like, like, the, the naked eye would uh would would see you know especially like with with what you've been doing and everything you've gone mm-hmm. through and all that stuff um but uh yeah man so you know hopefully everybody has enjoyed the conversation yeah, you so. know definitely um well i mean i guess we could take it a little more a little, little more lighthearted. You yeah know? let's do it i did i did put on instagram and you're like ask a catcher yeah i like that <laughs> ask a catcher you know it's always dope that like that all these fucking bush leaguers you know like mm-hmm. to like to interact right mm-hmm. like everybody likes to hear like even if it's like I I wonder sometimes if like I even if we even give any like everybody like like the uh, the audio time that they would want I don't because yeah. it's a lot it's a lot of people out there dude yeah, it's crazy no, I got you yeah and so um so uh, one of the first <laughs> one of the first questions is from uh, R J from Upland that's uh, one of the homies he uh, he says uh, how the fuck do your knees not fucking hurt <laughs> or do your knees even hurt oh uh, so. <laughs> And that, again, that's that's a perfect question that ties back into uh, like fitness and health. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, when I was heavier and when I wasn't as fit, things started to hurt more. Mm-hmm. Like the inflammation, just overall. Um, yeah, I felt like my durability was starting to decline. 
And uh, no, it's it's honestly like if, if you're not a catcher who stretches routinely and especially takes care of your lower half, because that's yeah. what you're doing all, all, you know, for three hours, yeah. right? And then if you play tournaments, like I've caught... There was one tournament where I caught five games and I didn't play for Jesus. the next month because I was so drained. Yeah. But again, I was the only catcher and I just, you're not going to take me out of the catching position. Like, right. unless I'm actually dead or really injured, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to move me from yeah. the plate because that's just my spot. Like yeah. I'm the guy. So it's kind of like, um, but yeah, so now that everything's more of a priority of like health and fitness and I'm taking care of myself yeah. more, things aren't hurting as much. But no, for sure three, four years ago, after two, three games, I'd be hurting for a while. Yeah. Especially my legs. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. It makes sense, dude. I know uh, we played a tournament in, uh, was it like 2016 or some shit? Like my, my oldest was just born, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I had, it's funny enough, dude, like I, 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 uh, I, I went to Snap City on the deadlifts, just mm-hmm. basically just like you, man. But like I tried to grind through it and we, uh, we went to a tournament in uh for uh mlk mlk weekend Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the one in irvine it was one in uh like the palm springs area and all that oh okay the desert classic or some shit heard of that yeah and it was uh we're in 2023 so whatever whatever nine years ago is it nine years ago no my kid's seven so it was seven years ago close enough yeah close enough my suddenly the podcast math is always off dude if you if you pay attention, it's like we never get it right i hate math but um (laughs) so i went out there dude played four games in a 24-hour block and uh i snapped back like i i don't know how i was even playing why i was even out there dude. Mm-hmm. like my wife will tell you like she was so fucking pissed off at me like oh, I, I'd one, imagine. one the baby was just born so she feels like i abandoned her you know so like shout out to her for like putting up with my shit mm. and then two like I, I could barely move dude i could barely fucking move and yeah. it's crazy man like I, I was i was so like 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 dosed up on ibuprofen bro like, oh yeah so they, I, they going back to that tournament. I mean, there's been um, a lot where I've caught minimum three, but I've pushed it to four. And yeah. like I said, that one time I caught, I caught five games in a weekend. Um, but the last two games I was drugged up. Yeah. I had to be. I had yeah. To be. I get it, man. I get it. Definitely. Um, but, uh, you know, catching five games, I would imagine that, mm-hmm. uh, that you've sniffed some farts. Right. <laughs> oh so, yeah. So, amount. and so, it's my own, the umpires and the hitters. Oh fuck. All right. So D D Murph is, is uh, Instagram name is D Murph. He he wants to know how many farts do you sniff every Sunday? <laughs> Some of these questions, man, are hilarious. I mean, for the most part, I think they're pretty respectful. But there's We're, been a respectful fart. Well, no, not <laughs> where they won't rip ass. <laughs> like, where, like, because they like they'll yeah, be yeah. like, oh, dude, because they could easily just be like, fuck this catcher, he's on the other team. Like, right. let me just crop dust him real quick. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like for the most part, I don't really smell that much, but there's been times where me, so either I've had some bad ones, <laughs> uh, and the umpire's like, all right, dude, can you kind of just chill? Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, all right, I'll try, I'll try to hold it, I'll try to hold it a little bit. And then there's been times where the umpire has told me before the game, like, dude, just to let you know, like. That's Something's terrible. going on with my stomach, and I'm just gonna try and keep. Hopefully, the wind doesn't blow towards you. And I'm like, dude, I, I appreciate that you're a stand-up yeah, guy for telling I, me I, that. I've never, I never would have thought because obviously, like you guys are so like close proximity, breath, right. basically breathing down your neck. Right. Um. Yeah, I never would have thought. Never would have thought of that, dude. And again, dude, if it's windy, 
Yeah. It's just one of those things yes. where I might catch it on the wind. Maybe, yeah. But, yeah, no, I've had umpires. It's been a few occasions where, or I'll tell the umpire, I'm like, dude, look, like, something's going on. So, and they're like, no, dude, thanks for telling me. He said rip ass. That's hilarious. Uh, the last one was uh, from Strike Juan. He's uh, one of the hosts from Top of the Lineup. Uh-huh. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he said that he'd uh, he'll answer all these questions for for us. But uh, you know, he's he's uh, currently not here to uh, to be answering that stuff. So shout out to Juan from Top of the Lineup. <clears throat> but uh, we also have some uh, our sound off Sunday. Oh yeah, huh. definitely got got a couple of stuff for you to react to. Uh, one of the first ones is uh, from uh, the SoCal Royals. Have mm-hmm. you played against them yet? I, I want to say I've had, but in another league. I know I, I'm pretty sure okay, I've play, I, I played them at least once. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe, I don't think maybe it, a tournament. Yeah, something like maybe that. Maybe a tournament. Something like that. Yeah, I know they won uh, one of the Irvine tournaments re- uh, kind of recently. Oh, okay. Within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just want to say to uh, let let a royal sound off on the podcast. So I mean, if they if uh, they if they want to nominate somebody, I feel free. I've already yeah. I'm already kind of in like talking about it with them. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, the next one is from uh, Rojas48. He says, uh, Hammered Heads or Los Blue Jays? I mean, not trying to be a dick, but I could care less. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, just, again, everything's at an arm's length. Uh, mm-hmm. So you said, ham- so it's Hammerheads or, or Blue Jays? Los Blue Jays, yeah. Which you'll be playing against both teams oh, at some okay, point. Okay. Yeah. I, I just want, I would say... Honestly, hammerheads because of the content. I think I see mm-hmm. them more content wise. Kind of like a recency bias. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like a recency bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same and and like like full disclosure, I have not watched the Blue Jays play. I, uh-huh. I got like a glimpse, but I only watched maybe like like a third of an inning. Yeah, if that. Yeah, and no, like I said, like it's like I said, shout out to everyone in the Sunday League in this community. Yeah. But again, you know how it is with with me just being more at a distance, not actually being legit like deep into this community. You know. Yeah. No, definitely, and uh, I mean a lot of people are gonna start to get to know you, dude. I appreciate it. You'll you'll see. And, you. and then uh, I've got a I've got my f- one of if not the funniest story from going back to like the fart question. Uh-huh. Um, don't let me leave without telling it because it'll be the first time I actually tell uh-huh. outside like people outside of my family. And friends. Go ahead, dude. Go Shoot right it. now. Go. All right, cool. So, <laughs> so you remember back when I said like, oh, you know, um, with my travel ball year, it was like we got smacked around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then we made this transition, and then all of a sudden we were just one of the top teams in the state. So I think it was the first. So ever since I was 11, they always had me play up. Yeah. Because they were like, hey, you can hang with the older kids. I know you're young. You're not going to get as much playing time, but we think you can hang with them. So ever since I was 11, it was just one of those things where I was like always playing a year or two above my age. Yeah. I was rarely playing. I was rarely 12 playing 12. I was either playing 13 or 14. And so one night we have a, I think it was a game, uh, like a seven o'clock game over, you know, where the, uh, I want to say the Riverside Field of Dreams. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, between the Chino Hills and West Covina one, people would say like, it was like the tackier one yeah. kind of thing that didn't look as nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love playing there regardless. <clears throat> but one night we were scheduled uh, for a seven o'clock game and... I had I had eaten Del Taco maybe an hour. You know how you show up an hour before the cup, the cup of fries. <laughs> yeah, no, no, thank you. That's it was worse. Um, it was I, I still went and ate the fries, but anyway. <laughs> so we're supposed to be there like around six, right mm-hmm. at the field. Cool. Game time's at seven. We're gonna be there at six. Well, around five o'clock, I just eat Del Taco for dinner. Yeah. 
and I'm like, cool, it's one of my favorite. Like, this is going to, you know, help me out for the game or whatever. But I think it was the first game that I had ever played up with the older boys. And so I eat the Del Taco, and like 10 minutes later, dude, it's like, you know that gurgle feeling in your stomach? where <laughs> The BGs, yeah. <laughs> some, a storm's brewing in your stomach. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. Because <laughs> like at the time, it's like, this is me trying to show that I can play with the big boys. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, so we get to the field. Nothing's changed. Still feels like there's bubbles, gurgles yeah. going on in my stomach. <laughs> and I'm warming up, and I'm scheduled to catch. And... It just keeps ramping up. It's getting yeah. worse at this point, bro. Like where <laughs> at the start, at the start of the game, I'm like, "Yo, I don't think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna catch this game." <laughs> and so I think it was the very first inning. We had maybe one or two outs into the first inning of the yeah. game. We were the home team, and I, I think we had gotten an out or two. And I, dude, I, I swear, like I turned to the umpire, and I said. Yo, my stomach's like my stomach's messed up. Like I think I need to go to the bathroom. And the umpire was super cool about it, super f- professional. He was like, he's like, okay, kid. He's like, do what you got to do. And dude, I was in the bathroom for like half an hour. Oh shit! And they just stalled the game. No, no, no. I think oh. somebody else went in to catch. Okay. Um, and be- dude, it was like, it, you know, one of those where like if you fart, it's not just gonna be. Oh, a of fart. course, yeah. Something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was literally like. It was almost to the point where I was like, I was starting to waddle getting to the bathroom. Oh, shit. And I'm in there for, yeah, like a solid 20 yeah. to half an hour. And I just, I can't catch, dude, because oh, yeah. stuff's <laughs> just leaking out of me at this point. <laughs> like, it's just, I can't, dude. Every time I squat, like from the pressure. Right. It was just like, dude, I'm, I won't be able to hold it in. Right. And so literally, like, literally and figuratively, I shit the bed. Yeah. That day. <laughs> Like, Sucks, it, and it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, dude, this is your first game playing up with the older boys. Yeah. And you literally shit the bed. Now like you're, Now you're just caca boy. Oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> dude, I was in the dugout and I was like, you know, one of my teammates were like, bro, what's up with you? Yeah. He smelled, he smelled it, bro. He was yeah. like, he was like, yo, dude, you got something going on. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, dude, I'm super embarrassed. And I just, I sat on the bench the rest of the game. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, but, and then to this day. I won't eat anything before I catch. Like, if right. anything, I'll have, like, a Slim Jim right. or, like, a little bit of peanut butter. But I won't eat anything for yeah. ever since I, that day or that night when I was 11. Yeah. Up until now, I won't eat anything heavy because I'm yeah. so traumatized from De- no, that definitely. night. Definitely. And honestly, it probably, it probably has developed into, like, a superstition of yours. Yeah, no, Maybe. for sure. Yeah, well... One, being traumatized, and yeah, that just turned into a superstition, so yeah. No, definitely, man. Yeah. And so, like, you know, having the BGs and and, yeah. and and farting it up, like, that's, that shit will make you hot and funky, right? Oh, oh dude, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was bad. And then, like I said, one of the most embarrassing moments I've had on the field, and like I said, to this day, you won't get me to eat more than something, like, very small before I catch. So, yeah. like I said, today, before I catch for the tropics, um, I had, like, half of a beef jerky stick, just because mm-hmm. I needed to eat something. Yeah. And, and then you had a 12 o'clock game. So like, it's kind of like even more so. Like, yeah. Like if I don't eat something and I have a 12 o'clock game, hmm. it's just going to, I'm going to feel worse the back end of that 12 o'clock game. Right. You know, when two o'clock rolls yeah. around. So you wouldn't even eat like a banana or something like, no, mid-game? I would like mid game. Yeah. Well, no, not mid game. Okay. I literally was like, if I'm not going to eat something small, don't bring me anything during the game. Right. Right. Like wait till after. Mm-hmm. Cause like, again, it was so seared in my 11 year old mind of like, <laughs> dude, if I, and dude, it was a while before I had Del Taco. 
Right. No, that yeah. makes it makes sense, man. Like, yeah. that, that shit's traumatizing, bro. Like every yeah. if you don't have a fucking a fucked up shit story, man, like, yeah. like you ain't living life. Right. You ain't doing yeah. it right at least. No, I, I I'm pretty sure I've told mine on this on this show, mm-hmm. man. Like basically like in JUCO, I was playing San Bernardino Valley and like we we're taking BP and shit. Uh-huh. And like just out of nowhere, like we Taking BP, like you also kind of work on your base running, re- right. reading the ball off the bat, and all that shit. And so, like, there was one shuffled off, and then like I took off to like start running. And just I felt something, like it felt like a little fart, you know. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever, you know. And then next thing you know, like it starts getting itchy and shit. I'm just like, yo, I gotta go to the to the locker room over there because like at the school they had a they the oh so you were running so fast you left actual skid marks. Is that <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, pretty funny. So you were just tearing up the dirt. Oh, dude, it was bad. And so like, I ended up having like itchy butt and shit. And like, oh. I just, I just, I cleaned myself, threw those boxers away, dude. And and like, by the time I was like coming back out, like the practice was basically over. So oh, like, I, I didn't have to worry about it too yeah. much. But like, I'm walking around in like, like my baseball pants and like my shorts. Yeah. Like I threw my my shorts on and shit. I I ran into that fucking thing with the uh, with my with all my shit, dude. Because I didn't know what was gonna happen. Right. Right. You know, so I had to, I had to get out of there, bro. That, it happens. So yeah, that shit's hot and funky, man. Speaking speaking of hot funk, uh, the hot funk baseball team. Okay. They they play out like in the, in the OC area. Oh, okay. Uh, they say, uh, what Sunday league are y'all most excited for? Uh, some might say is the MSBL is most stacked. That's the one in Irvine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. I, do you know too many, too much about? I don't know much about like outside of this initial area when it comes to leagues, but. Playing separately, like in tournaments or just randomly one day, like you know, yeah. when a, when a league isn't in session, like who wants to scrimmage or whatever. Yeah, I've faced some really great teams out of the San Diego area. Yeah, and that's where, like I said, you want to talk about saturation. It feels like San ev- Diego is everyone. Stirred. Everyone's good out yeah. in San Diego. Yeah, that's it's just how it is, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but like I said, outside of that, I know there's teams, there's good teams in every league yeah. and every level mm-hmm. of the game. But um, for sure, some of the best com- competition I faced as a Sunday League player mm-hmm. were guys out of, yeah, OC, San Diego, um, a couple in Riverside, but nothing, like you said, the saturation of those other two counties that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then always, uh, who always brings the heat, obviously, literally and figurative, figuratively, is Arizona teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I yeah. had some of my best ball playing against uh, Arizona teams. Yeah, it seems like obviously the Phoenix area is full of like spring training and all mm-hmm. that shit. The World Baseball Classic coming up. Right. Like, is that something you're gonna go to by any chance? I want to try to. I want to try. I feel like that's something cool to to be a part of. Because um, actually, uh, now that you bring that up, I have another wholesome memory. Uh, really quick. So a buddy of mine uh, had passed away when I was uh, just after when I graduated high school. But he was kind of like an older mentor, mentor, uh, uh, older brother. Mm-hmm. And my last mem- my last good memory we had was. We went to the World Baseball Classic when it was USA versus Puerto Rico. When Ooh, it was at okay. Dodger Stadium. Okay. And uh, I had gotten the tickets because somebody else couldn't go. And then somebody hooked it up from work where I used to work. Yeah. I actually used to work for uh, Crane Freight, the guy who owns the Houston Astros too. Mm-hmm. So we had gotten two or three tickets and then somebody else had a ticket. So there was four guys who were going. And at the time he was one of my closest buddies. So mm-hmm. I was like, yo, like. Frank, you just want to come out and watch the championship? And he yeah. was like, bro, I tried to get tickets. Like, you just made, like, my Damn, whole week. Yeah, like, that's like, dope. He was like, I tried to, and I wasn't able to. He's yeah. like, he's like, he's like, uh, I'm so, so stoked. And I went with him. We rode together. 
and we just watched USA smack around Puerto Rico. Yeah. And that was, I knew it was a weird game because that was the first time I'd seen Yadier Molina make multiple errors. Oh, shit. And you just know how good he is defensively, yeah. right? One of the mm-hmm. best all-time defensive catchers. Yeah. And he made like two or three errors. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that kind of morale from that guy, the way he's playing. And USA had had hot bats at the time. Yeah. But um, and then, like I said, you know, tragically, six months later, he had passed away. But um, yeah. I still have some good memories, some good videos and photos and mm. mementos from that day. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, I want to try and go to another one. Yeah. No, definitely. Who do you who do you uh, have this uh, and this one coming up? I'm like it's a USA born USA. and bred. Yeah, yeah there you bred. go. So. Yeah, your Under Armour hat has like the USA flag like in it. So. I mean, we talked about it. Why do you think I'm over at Bass Pro Shop all the exactly. time? Exactly, so it's just the culture. <laughs> Definitely, I think uh, I think the Dominican Republic has a stacked squad. Also, oh yeah, don't get me they're wrong, they're fucking stacked. They're dude, always yeah. loaded. I'll yeah. always give out to like Puerto Rico and mm-hmm. the Dominican Republic, some mm-hmm. of the best players in the yeah, world. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, yeah. Puerto Rico is one that like everybody's kind of sleeping on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japan, they're always fucking good. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, like, I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be uh, real interesting. I'm not sure if yeah. we're going out there yet. It's yeah. one of those things like we're we're still throwing it around financially. It's a little much, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see on our part. Uh, but Hot Funk also wanted to. We had talked about uh like a jersey bracket, mm-hmm. like a Sunday league jersey bracket. Oh, okay. Um, they want to know when we're gonna do it. But uh, is there any like jerseys, Sunday league jerseys that like kind of jump out at you that you think are, are pretty dope? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, well, I'd saw, I'd seen the Reds earlier. I kind of like their jerseys, but like I said, it's been, it's honestly been a year since I've been, you know, I've been in a season or I've played. Yeah. Um, I know you guys will flash some jerseys up and I just, I won't remember like the ones that I've liked. Right. Do you have any off the top of your head that, you know, you think I would like, uh, or find cool or interesting? Uh, honestly, probably the Hot Funk is kind of interesting. They got some interesting jerseys. I don't know if you're into like anime, anything like that. Mm, uh, the like, Z- I mean, I've watched a show, but it's not like the yeah. thing that I'm into. The Z, the Z Fighters have a have an interesting like uniform as a whole. Like they have like the all blue with orange. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> let me think. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, like I just saw the Reds ones in pictures mm-hmm. earlier. Like they're they're new and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the whole like pinstripe thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of teams out there, man. They got, they get really fucking creative. And that's, that's another thing too. You know how we were talking about how like, you know, on my random feed, I'm getting more Sunday league like content, like from all these other leagues in the area. Mm -hmm. That's another thing too, is that I think teams are becoming more creative with their jerseys because now they see the culture is actually building up. Yeah. So they want to flash like their style, their fashion, the way they play the game. Because again, you're right. We've built, or you, you know, this community has built momentum over the last few years yeah and i think that ties into like all right well we're starting to get more eyes on us let's flash mm. some some style yeah let's see who, who's swaggier i uh the the hammerheads is pretty dope like i know like i like, like their colors they have they have a good color combo uh they got like their their gamer jersey and then mm-hmm. they got like a fan jersey that, oh okay that's I, cool. me i have the fan one uh-huh. uh it's got my name on it it's got my jersey number yeah. and stuff but like that's not something that i would wear like as a ball player oh, okay you know okay. what i'm saying like if it's it, game time you're not wearing that I, I I'm gonna need my game jersey. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like I like both. I get you, obviously. I so they you know they do the both both um, uh, jersey stuff. But there's a lot, dude. There, there there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, teams out there that like can nominate their stuff to to our bracket that we haven't started yet. So we haven't really like announced mm-hmm. that yet. I'm kind of waiting on a couple of things. Yeah, I get you for for uh, 
uh, you know, for obvious reasons. Like right now, it's just at the moment today is just me, you know. But uh, I know DH DH will be back soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fit Fitz is uh, taking care of some business himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, for our next uh, sound off Sunday, uh, Nick from the uh, the PCBL Crooks. Which uh, mm-hmm. P- PCBL Pacific Coast Baseball League, okay. which uh, is uh, arguably matches the FBL, like their top okay. their top teams uh, can match. I think I think <clears throat> the best way I could put it is like if, if there was a twenty four team uh, tournament, these these would probably be the two teams. If I had to pick two leagues, I would pick the two top divisions. In, in, I was going to say, because that's, that's one that I've seen thrown around, like when you guys post yeah, or the random feed, like I was yeah. saying earlier, like that's a league that I'll see more often than not. Yeah. So No, definitely. And uh, I know uh, there's uh, like the, the platoon there. They're basically calling out everybody like who wants to play us. We'll mm-hmm. play anybody. Right. And they're, they're one of the teams that, as a matter of fact, they're going to play against the, uh, the zone 22. Okay. Uh, the, 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 the farm, the farm teams mm-hmm. that they're doing. So they're gonna play each other. I want to say February fourth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a Saturday or a Sunday. Okay. It might be like it might interfere with Super Bowl. If I'm being honest, yeah. but you know, I personally don't. I don't. Really, I, I don't. I don't watch football. You're not so a football guy. What? No. You no. would strike me as a football Dude, guy. Like, honestly, like I told you, like the way that I am, like it. The last the last two seasons, how I haven't really cared about the major league season. Right. That's kind of how I am with any sport mm-hmm. as I've gotten older. But it's probably even worse, right? Like, yeah. It's no, it's like- it's worse. It's like as soon as football comes up or like another sport, I just kind of like I shut shut off, I click off, I'm not paying right. attention. Right. Um. Because again, my interests are starting to shift now that I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you know I went through that phase of like I a little bit of football, a little bit of soccer, a little bit of basketball. Right. But yeah, it's just you know how things shift as we get older, different mm-hmm. priorities, different interests. Just it's one of those things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so um so Nick from the PCBL Crooks, he mm-hmm. says uh that that he says we're going in as no less than a two seed to playoffs. Bank on it. We think. All right, I'll hold you to it. Like if you're trying yeah. to, if you oh, yeah, if you're gonna make a statement like that, cool, go for it, dude. Like and if you fall short, so what? But at least you made the statement. No, definitely. And that that shit happens, man. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna get get every single uh Every single dub that, mm-hmm. that's available out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, uh, Corey Cantrell from the uh, Santa Clarita Quakes. He says the that's, the, the, that's ah? a beautiful area, by the way. Santa Clarita. Yeah, uh, I, love, I, I know love we've only driven through it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, is it well? Like, what uh, do they got to offer? I know the 49ers are out there, right? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> it's kind of like that whole stretch between. Like when you pass Malibu, mm-hmm. when you get into Santa Barbara, and then, like you said, Pismo, Monterey. Um, Morro Bay, the place that I told yep. uh, uh, you and the family to check out. Yeah. When you get up into that that coast of central and northern California, not like Newport and Huntington because everybody fucking goes there, dude. You know right. how it is, right? Yeah, I'm basic too. Yeah, I, I go just, there. <laughs> oh, dude, I go to Newport for a coffee shop, but, you know, it's like when you're there for the beach, you know how packed it gets, right? Because it's L.A. County, but yeah. it's just, it's congested. Yeah. But when you go up the, the coast, like I was in Bodega Bay not too long ago, um, you know, some of the prettiest scenery I've ever seen. And, you know, it's, it's NorCal. It's only four or five hours up, if not a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, this, this, that stretch of like wine country and right. beach, it's, it's dude, like, I'm not trying to take that for granted. It's so pretty. Yeah. And I just love being up there driving yeah. around and hanging out. Nice. Yeah. That's what's up, man. We definitely got to, like the family and I, we got to 
Jeff, check, Owen, check all this stuff out. Definitely man. let me know if you go to Roscoe's Deli because I might want to join low key. Oh, that's been a while. <laughs> I know that, that's over there in Chino Hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, it's not even it's not even much of a drive, honestly. No, it's nothing. Um, so so Corey Cantrell, he wants to say um, the PCBL Majors Division is about to go off this spring with fourteen teams. It's a lot, wow. a lot of teams. Yeah, that's a lot more focus, man. So who would you say like is it still like top six or top eight make playoffs or what when you have that many teams? Uh, I would go top eight. That's what I would. If do. it was up to me, yeah, I'm going top eight. Okay. Because at least you get like a, uh, I guess you, you get like a what I call an even bracket. Like yeah. there's no first round buys. Like I don't like first round buys, man. Like right. I like the idea of a potential upset. Right. You I want to see. I want to see a fifth seed take out a one or a two. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that, 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 and that's what's cool about baseball, man, especially mm-hmm. when teams are pretty evenly matched because all these teams could easily be, like, one game apart in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the in the standings. Uh, next one is from the uh, the Sun Devils. They just sent emojis. Uh, th- these This one, mm-hmm. it's like the hand. It's, it's horns, right? I think these so, are, yeah. These are horns. Yeah. And uh, the devil face, horns up is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, they just want to tell you horns up because yeah, no, no. you lost to them today. Hey, the – that's just how the game works. That's just how it is. But um, no, like I said, I've always, it's one of, they're one of those teams where it's like, you know, it's, I bring out, I bring out a lot. I bring out a lot of intensity when I'm catching, Mm -hmm. especially now that I'm, you know, like more fit and I'm able to do a little bit more athletically back there. But it's like, there's certain teams when I see on the schedule, it's like, okay, I better really just keep at, like my best level, my highest yeah. level, you right? Step you your game up, yeah. And I'm not saying that if I play a weaker team, I I dial it I dial it down, but it's kind of like there's teams that'll always keep you on your toes at your highest level, and I just like playing against them, you know. So it's, and again, going back to uh, Cam Cam Rodriguez, usually mm-hmm. the third baseman, he pitches he pitched today, but uh, we've been we were high school teammates. Mm-hmm. I think he's like two grades older or a yeah. grade older than me. But uh, it was really nice seeing him because we hadn't talked in in so long. But yeah, yeah, no, it's just you guys. You know, they they had the six come out for sure. Yeah, yeah they played well today. Definitely, and they they're they've uh, they've they've always been a team uh, to not sleep on. Right. I mean, they they actually beat the Tropics in uh like like the the championship series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It was to go to the championship. Yeah. And yeah. It, I don't know if you remember, but it was like a blown call. The oh yeah, dude, I was catching that game. <laughs> Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah, I was catching that game. Oh, so oh, you no, were there. No, 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 actually, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I was because. So, um, yeah, so, like, whoever grounded out, uh, they grounded out to the to the Sun Devils pitcher. Right. Sun Devils pitcher. It kind of, like, hit off his, like, shin or something. Ball rolled away yeah, a little yeah. bit. He comes over and picks it up, throws it to the first. First baseman catches it. Right. Clearly out. Right. Clearly out. We had, like, a whole episode on it, dude. I think, so, I, I, think I heard that episode. Yeah, yeah. clearly out. And then, yeah. like, the umpire's just, like, safe. Yeah, well, it was like, I, and what's like, crazy too yeah. is that I had a couple of my younger kids come out and watch me catch, and they got to see all that craziness. And dude, they were hyped. The moms, of course, were like, "Oh of my course. god!" Like you know, oh my god, like, get my kids things, are, things, are, things are getting crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the kids were like, "Yo, like coach, like, fuck yeah!" They, yeah, dude, they were into it, and I just love that about, especially like one was. 10 and the other one was 12 <laughs> what are you teaching these kids and they man? were and they were like dude i saw their faces and they were like oh like they were amped yeah. up but yeah. um i think the only thing i have really to say about that because again that was more of the start of like me taking things from a distance and looking at things from a distance mm-hmm. i think my only thing on that is kind of like you know obviously it was a blown call obviously yeah. it you know the way that it ended, it shouldn't have ended that way. Right. For me, coming at it from like an outsider's perspective, 
I think some of the things that I was hearing from the Sun Devils about because again, like this is this is kind of what I've heard. I heard some stuff after the game or whatever yeah. um, about certain threats or how it was getting a little too heated. Right. Where it's like, I get it. We're all passionate about the game. I understand that, right? Because I've gone off on an umpire before. Yeah. It's not often, but I've had my two or three occasions. I think when it crosses that line of being passionate and, okay, you're too into this because you've attached this to your whole identity. Right. Or this is everything that you think about yourself. And mm. that's why I, I understand why people get defensive. And again, we're passionate. Yeah. My thing is, is like, try to really never cross that line of like, look, yeah, you've been wrong. You've been robbed. You're not going to get, that's just how life is. You're not always going to get the, you're going to get the short end of the stick. Sorry. Yeah. That's just how it works. Yeah. Right? Unf it's unfortunate, but that's just how it works. Yeah. But that's again, what I teach my older catchers is look, don't take it to that extent. Right. Don't take it to where like you're getting too, you're, you're building too much animosity and you're taking it out too poorly or immaturely yeah there's a way to address your frustrations in a mature manner versus okay now we're starting to cross the line of like okay it's getting childish right and that's again as an outsider that's kind of what that was my take on it but again i understand we're all passionate heat of the moment that happens yeah but that line is where i kind of I, yeah. I draw it yeah so some of some of those uh those popcorn posts that that we put that we put on the, mm -hmm. on our stories like yeah sure it can be a little 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 childish but like I think yeah. that's what it boils down to like the, right. the sound off Sundays is kind of like like talking shit you yeah know? no yeah I get it and so uh, speaking of talking shit <laughs> uh, Mikey thirteen he wants to say uh, Los Blue Jays player Rojas is sorry I don't know why he keeps running his mouth so I guess one of the players on the Blue Jays was talking oh, shit oh okay yep. yeah just, <laughs> popcorn time you know yeah. it's my favorite time it's right? my favorite time of the week man mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, which which is pretty cool because it's like for us it's like a build up to like the next time these two teams play you know, and mm, yeah it gives us our like like oh like maybe we should go check this game out right a little like, bit of interest builds exactly yeah yeah I get you exactly and I think and I think that's the point right right that that, that interest is being uh built in in all of this really and you, and you gotta have both dude you gotta have you gotta have the ones who are chirping non-stop mm -hmm. whether yeah. or not they're doing well or not this yeah. is how they are yeah and then you got to have the guys that are just like you know what i'll just show you and i'm on that kind of side of the fence where it's like i'm not that person to talk 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 right. and then yeah okay if i get away with it i talk shit and then yeah. i do really well i'm just the dude that's going to show you and you're going to know just how i play the game yeah. i won't say a word mm -hmm. unless you actually start something with my teammates right but I'm gonna show you how legit I am just yeah. by that, you know. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I could say I'm. I'm kind of like on the field. I'm the same way, and I'm not much of a chirper, anyways. Mm -hmm. I don't even like confrontation, dude. Right. It's like I, I'd rather just slide into you at second base and just fucking take your ass out yeah, and yeah, break yeah. up the double play. Yeah. And then I'm just gonna get up and jog to my dugout because I'm out. You know, right. I don't give a shit. Right. You know, but I got you. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, so no, that, no. And that's the mentality. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's baseball. Like that's the way it's played. But I love the polarity of it. Like how, mm -hmm. you know, if you're in a league where like nobody's chirping, doesn't it get boring? Yeah, I can see that. It's kind of like, Definitely. we're like, okay, if you have eight to 10 teams and there really isn't a, at least one team right. that's chirping nonstop. Yeah. Like that's what I love about it. It's like, while I carry myself a different way, yeah. I love the polarity because that's what makes it fun. Yeah. So and, and, and it's also too like baseball. Like it's always preached that like a baseball is such a mental game, you mm -hmm. know, and and this and that. And like you're trying to get under this. Uh, it, 
chirping, you want to get under the skin mm-hmm. of, of your opponent, right? Right. And like, and like, I, I've I've gotten got, you know, like mm-hmm. there's there's somebody out there right now. I'm not gonna say who. Uh-huh. Somebody out there right now that like this motherfucker gets under my fucking skin, dude. And I can't. They'll see. just cut deep. And it's just like for the dumbest shit. And it's like it's like I I know we both like we're both looking at each other through uh-huh. through uh through content. You know, it's like uh-huh. like there's I think there's a bit of a stare. I mean, I might be making it up in my own head. So now, like, know. is it you like, know what I'm saying? Is it but personal or is it just some? Stupid it's not personal. Banter? Okay, it's, it's just stupid. It's it's definitely not personal, but it's more like like come on, dude, like like you suck, bro. Stop stop acting like you're good because you're not. Oh, you know, okay. yeah, I, just I'm that not, kind of mind game. Yeah, dude, yeah. and like most people listening, like like they know they know what I'm talking about, yeah. you know. And so I get you. Yeah, and, and again, it's like like, but I'm more of like I'm not trying to say like I'm gonna take the high road because mm-hmm. like I'll be the first I'll be the first dude to fucking take a dude out mm-hmm. to break up a double play. Yeah, but with like when it's say if it's like a certain 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 people like I'm gonna take them out a little mm-hmm. harder, you know. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna slide harder. Like the way Michael Scott says, like, I'm gonna date her even harder. <laughs> right. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> Funny shit. Uh, <laughs> last one from a uh, former guest of the show. Uh, you could say he's your he's your Python in a way. Uh, from uh, the Razor. You don't know the Razor. He's one of our first guests, dude. Early oh, okay, on, okay. yeah. Like we were back. still we were still in like the teens of our of our. Uh, episodes i'll have to go back and listen to some of your uh guys' very first episodes because oh, i only know from about a year to now yeah so you, like, you've missed a lot okay you've missed so a i'll lot definitely for sure. have to go back so the razor uh you'll actually be playing against him because he said that uh he uh i've officially signed a contract with the ie pride hashtag hashtag i'm back so Ra- razor right. solid ball player uh he played in uh, uh in belgium for a little while nice. professionally and all that nice um a great dude he's a gem you guys would have great conversation dude it's, cr- yeah. it's crazy like you guys share uh similar mentalities and kind of like where you've come from mm-hmm. like it, it's pretty cool dude it's pretty cool like that that uh, uh you guys could potentially connect in the future like i think he'd be a good uh, a good guest for you yeah that, that's awesome um no welcome welcome aboard right uh, welcome like back I said, huh? this is honestly like i said one of the most competitive leagues you know in socal and yeah. again it just it takes you to a whole different level it makes you play better um but you know i'm that's something that i think i had the opportunity to do but i was in school i was doing a i graduated from the EMT program I think when I was like 2021 20, over mm-hmm. at Chafee. But a buddy of mine was saying that in Austria, like, dude, they don't have any catchers. And mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I get it. Of course, like, yeah. you know, It makes sense to me. Yeah. But he was telling me that it's either, it's either now or you just don't go. Yeah. And me being 20 years old and had other priorities and other things going on, I couldn't just get up and leave. Yeah. It was, I wasn't the right time for mm-hmm. it. And I appreciated it because he was, he told me, he was like, you're the first guy that I came to because uh, his name's Jay. I actually learned a lot from him. Um, he played at a higher level than I did. Uh, great catcher. I picked his mind a lot mm-hmm. when I, when we were coaching together. But he goes, dude, I, I think he, I don't know if he played out there or he got other offers to play like in Europe. But he's like, dude, if you want to come catch in Austria. Yeah. And I was like, that would be just so sick to like just put on a, like a baseball resume. Yeah. Just like, yo, I was a catcher in Austria for like a year. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah, uh, like I said. Well, like Ramon, he was a shortstop in Belgium. For, that's pretty for, dope. For a couple of seasons. Yeah. So it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty cool, man, which is one of the reasons why like I, I was like, we got to have this guy on the show and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, give it a chance, though, because we were all drinking. We we're all pretty fucked up on that one. Dude, you're good. Yeah. Dude, I'll enjoy it either way. For sure, man. Um. There was uh, one more SOS, SOS, uh, Sound Off Sunday from uh, JC from the Mets. Uh, 
mm-hmm. for the Upland Mets. He just wants to uh, remind everybody that the Mets are winning this season again. Three, I mean, honestly, honestly, if you're the champ, like, just why not? You know, yeah. it is what it is. Like I said, the repeat champs, so they're going for the three-peat. Why not? I mean, the Mets are good, dude. You yeah. know, like I said, and they're back-to-back champs. So yeah, I think, the I think they're beat. grossly esti- underestimated right now. You know, I mean, you know most of them. You know, you've played against them. They got a lot of talent, man. They got yeah, a lot of talent. Um, it's a very scrappy team. I played with Ethan. Shout out to Ethan. He's always been a cool dude to mm-hmm. me. Um their catcher, Julene, was actually, yeah. when I was a junior, he was a freshman, I believe. Yeah. And he was kind of like, I mean, again, at the time. And the kid's a stud, by the way. No, he's good. Yeah. I think he went to uh, UCR or UCI, something like that. UCR. It's, yeah, UCR. Yeah. And uh, no, he's he's legit. Um, but it was kind of like one of those things where it was like, again, I wasn't playing at my highest level, but how we became friends was kind of like, he just had the same temperament as I did. We mm. were We were more on the quiet side. But when we played, it was like, okay, well, if he wanted to, you could talk shit all you want. Right. It was kind of one of those things, again, going back to the silent, we'll just show you, whatever. Yeah. Um, he's always been a cool... Him and his... I don't know much about his brother, but I know his brother's good, too. I think he goes to UCR as, as well, well, yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, Julene, uh, he'd always been, he's always been a good catcher, too. Yeah. Uh, and a good guy, so... Yeah. Yeah, shout out to yeah, him. He's fucking solid, bro. Yeah, he's good. Um, uh, DH actually had a question for you. Uh, he <laughs> he wants to know what is the proper technique for blocking bad vibes. <laughs> Perfectly worded question, by the way. <laughs> like if 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 somebody was like, if this if this was like a job interview, and somebody <laughs> was like, you know, like what like what are what's one of the highlights of your personality? It's like I can show you how to block bad vibes. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, well, you're pretty much hired on the spot. Right. That's, that's just super chill. And it's just like, all right, cool. Well, mm-hmm. then show me. Right. Yeah. Um, Very so, good question, by no, the way. <laughs> no, it is because, again, it's just, it's, it goes back to like how you're dealing with stress. Yeah. So is it, well, one, is it negative or is it positive? Right. So, for example, like, again, real quick, the way that I used to deal with stress was drinking, smoking weed. Eating, stress eating. Yeah. Oh, dude, you put a, you put a, well, I'll, I'll be watching TV and I'll grab a bag of Doritos, like the family size, and I'll just kill it myself. Yeah. And the more stressed <laughs> I am, the more that I'll just keep running through my pantry and mm-hmm. running through the fridge. But, um, yeah, no, for sure. It depends on just what you, what you do to handle stress. But, you know, I've been blessed the last year or so to really enjoy like everyone who's in my life right now. And nobody really bring or be a part of some serious drama, mm-hmm. like how it was in a in a time of my life in my late teens, early twenties. Yeah, and it's kind of just like, all right, well, cool. If you want to block a bad vi- a bad vibe by going to the gym, it's one of the best ways to do it. Yeah. If um, you want to, you know, if you want to take on a new hobby, or if you just want to hang out and talk with a friend, you know not do something stupid like i said drinking because again right. depends on who you're around but if someone who could just hang out and chill with you have a good time take a drive somewhere like i think that's how my family and i got into driving really far just for the day right was because we would be so stressed out in our house situation um that we'd just be like hey you guys want to go to arizona yeah. and just eat at a restaurant and then come back later yeah. at night it was yeah we're down sounds yeah. fun and then you got you got a lot of bodies that you could just Right. Uh, the, the the driving uh, driving uh, responsibilities just can rotate. Hang out and vibe with, chill yeah. some music, you know, enjoy the ride. But um, yeah, and and that's something that 
not so much again with my older catchers because I can't talk about some of the things that I do with the adults and parents around because they're just not ready for it. That's not their mental capacity. Mm -hmm. Right. But the things that I'll talk to about, um, parents is that it's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Obviously we all go through those rough patches, but by you grabbing the bottle, by you smoking weed, by you doing some unproductive or damaging habit, Mm -hmm. it's only going to make the process worse. Like you're just going to keep being in this loop of suffering. So, A good example, like I said, going back to me is when I would hit that rough patch, drink, or I would eat way more than I needed to. Yeah. And again, it was that run to comfort instead of me just facing the situation. Hmm. And when I started just building, when I started to build more productive habits, it was just kind of like that urge was still there, but it felt better knowing that I didn't turn to it, especially the last year or two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, it's, it's honestly like you can have, like I told you, you can have a whole conversation about just that, Yeah. but it's, are you handling stress in a productive or unproductive way? Pretty much to keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. To dumb it down. Perfect. Perfectly said. Appreciate it. (laughs) Definitely. Um, so as you, uh, sign my ball. Because I every guest that we have on the show, I uh, I always ask for uh, for your uh, your guys' autograph and Sweet, all that, yeah. and so you know there's obviously a lot of a lot of names on here. So as you sign that, I'm going to ask you uh, one of two questions. I have yeah, two questions, two last questions for you, right? As you sign the ball. So uh, you know before we we end it, uh, you know what message do you want to leave for everybody listening? I think the biggest, one of the biggest life lessons that I've learned is stop boxing yourself into certain definitions. Like, again, going back to the private coaching, going back Mm -hmm. to me trying to do a video podcast or, you know, all these video discussion interviews, me running for a mile straight and me being, me defining myself as as an asthmatic, I'd be like, dude, you can never run a mile straight and, and handle that. I think we get so caught up in boxing ourselves because we don't think about like, I could never be that. Mm. So for example, like again, going back to the boxing with my friend for the longest time, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to learn how to throw punches. I'm not going to learn how to the footwork technique or anything mm-hmm. like that. Or, you know, I'm not going to learn this certain skill set. Um, and again, it's kind of like going back to another, like it's, it's weird, but I'm kind of learning basic like Mandarin from another family. I think I mentioned it to yeah. you a while ago. But it's that initial urge to fight off like, that's not me. I don't want to learn that or I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you learn, like there's no detriment in kind of learning a new skill. Right. And not boxing yourself into such a rigid like definition of yourself. You know, it's kind of like, you know, leave that. Like redefine your like start with a blank slate. Kind of like, again, from personal experience, how I did it. Yeah. All the labels that I ever had in my head or what people would give me it just i wiped them all out and i just started new year and a half ago yeah maybe two years ago and and that's the thing that i I see that hinders people is because you know i have a couple parents telling me like hey i want to do this but i'm not sure you know and i get it dude the family life it takes a toll like that's that's a main priority i get it family life parenting i understand but they'll name off more excuses way more excuses to not do it then mm. instead of just saying, you know what, like 
I'm probably just going to go for it. Yeah. And just let it fall where it does, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing is like, we just come up with so many excuses to not do stuff. Yeah. 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 Definitely guilty of that. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yes. Everybody. All right, man. So before we let you go, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for your time. No, dude, thank you. This has thank, been awesome. Th- thank you for your time. You know, I know, I mean, shit, we've been here uh, almost uh, three hours, beyond three hours, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and, I bet, and I bet you you feel like it's flown. Oh, yeah, it has. Yeah. And I feel like when I when I listen back to it, I feel like, man, I could have maybe touched on a couple other points. But right. like I said, the conversation between us has flowed pretty mm-hmm. well. And like you said earlier, it's, it's been a, it's been a good conversation. And, um, like I said, more detailed stuff in honest archetype about the background and everything about those real rough patches in my life and, you know, just being more honest about it. But, um, no, dude, this is honestly, like like you said, I wish I'd known you longer, but (laughs) I'm I'm glad that we're here now. Definitely. And so before we hit the cue music, you're around home plate a lot. Okay. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a question that uh, we tend to ask here every now and again. Okay. Haven't asked it for, you know, it, with my fuck-ups, I ha- haven't asked, yeah. right, with our, some of our recent guests. But as far as uh, home is concerned, is it a plate or a base? That's like one of those, like, that's like one of those uh, late-night, like, smoking weed kind of sessions and somebody <laughs> just brings up out of nowhere like right. you know okay well is home plate a plate or a base uh the way that i would answer it like in my head just like i guess the competitor side would just be like either way you're not going to cross it so it's kind of like you know like <laughs> either way i'm going to not you know it like if it's, there's a plate it's at nothing the, to you if there's <laughs> a, if there's a play at the plate it's kind of like one of those things where I don't care what you call it, but I'm going to drop down and on a knee and stop you yeah. from scoring. It's kind of just one I'm, of those. I'm going to stop you for a second. You, you, two or three times already, you've re- referenced it as home plate. I'm going to oh, stop okay. you at the plate. You're okay. not crossing the plate. Yeah. So I, I would argue okay, that's that, you, that you see it maybe as a, it's home plate and it's not home base. I mean, I, I've loved both plates, like the full plate of food and just the home plate itself. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know what, yeah. like that's if I call it that in conversation, then that's what I call it. But again, yeah. that's one of those like late night, like where you're either yeah. laying in bed it, or there's a smoke it, session it, going on. It's all it's always a real in-depth argument, dude. Like it, it, there, there's never there's never going to be a right answer. Gun to your head, though. Home plate or home base. Just for me saying it subconsciously, yeah, I'd say it's a plate. Yeah. Junior Guillen, everybody. Thank you, guys. This is great, dude. Let's go. Appreciate the time. Appreciate your time, man. And uh, we'll catch all you fucking bush leaguers on the next one. Yeah, like I said, shout out to each and every one of you. Appreciate it. All right, let's get the fuck out of here, guys. Dude, I'm hungry. Peace. Peace.